He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you on a Monday, a Postmasters Monday. Boys, it is good to be back. It is it's good, good to, to have back. you back, Colby. How's the dad oh, life? What a week, man. It, uh, I was going to try to do some shows last week, and I just totally underestimated the the physical, the emotional toll <laughs> of welcoming a child Colby to the world. Colby texted us. He was like, I think I'm out. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I really thought, you know, baby didn't come until like 4 o'clock Sunday morning. We had visitors all day Sunday. We didn't sleep for like 36 hours. And then, you know, you're emotional from having the kid and getting adjusted to life. And uh, it's been a great first week, though. Great baby. She sleeps a lot, you know. Feed her, change her, she's good to go. Dude, it was funny. I was driving here. I was like, man, I'm tired, but I'm sure I'm not as tired as Colby. <laughs> I, uh, oh, my gosh. So this morning, I had uh, an appointment. I'm playing Prairie Dunes this weekend for a bachelor an app- party. An appointment. Yeah, yeah. I, at well, Prairie Dunes. Oh, you had no, an appointment this, yes, morning. this okay. morning. I thought you were saying you have an appointment at Prairie Dunes. Right. No, I was getting a steroid injection into my left wrist. It's sprained. Yeah. And then I have tendonitis in my right elbow. So I was getting two steroid shots so I can play golf this weekend pain-free. <laughs> and I was up at 2.30 feeding the baby. I was up early going to the doctor. So I am running on uh, caffeine and master's adrenaline. On Beautiful. this Monday morning, which is a good combination. That's enough to get you by. That's for enough quite to a get while. you by. Yeah, for At sure. least a month. <laughs> That's. Uh, I'm betting that there's a little bit of Masters Adrenaline still running through the veins of one Mr. Scotty Scheffler, mm-hmm. who is on the heater of all heaters with four wins in his last six starts at four very different events. Phoenix with all the craziness. Bay Hill with the difficulty. Match play, which is a whole different format. Also, it's seven rounds in five days. Comes back two weeks later to Augusta National, the most difficult walk in the game of golf. And really from Friday afternoon on, he was in control of the golf tournament. The lead would shrink and grow, but Scotty Scheffler had his hands firmly inside the sleeves of that green jacket from about 5 o'clock Friday afternoon on. Were they in, firmly in the jacket or uh, what? Were, <laughs> eventually it was. It eventually took a while. They were, they were squirming their way into the armholes of the jacket. Uh, no, but big picture before we get to the actual golf tournament, I think you can look and pinpoint one specific time that Scotty Scheffler started believing that he could be the number one player and the best player in the world. And I think that that's when he was a captain's pick for the Ryder Cup team, guys. You know, I, I think that when he made two points, or two and a half points uh, out of three matches in that Ryder Cup, it really proved to him that he belongs with the elite golfers out there. And, you know, it's just a fine line. I mean, he really only gained .5, like half a shot putting and, uh, you know, a third of a shot uh, better approach so far this year. So it's not that much different than what he did last year. But two things. He has Ted Scott on the bag. And, you know, he's hitting his irons just a little bit better. And, you know, he's making all of those clutch putts. We saw it time and time again yesterday, T-Dub. And I just think Scotty Scheffler, I, I really don't think this is a flash in the pan now. It, he, he's not going to keep up, you know, playing like this, right? <laughs> you know, dominating the best fields in the world. He's not going to win four out of six but, the next I, ten years. <laughs> but I don't think that he's going to be outside the top ten in the world anytime soon. And we talk about the strength of fields of all those events, too, guys. I mean, you're looking at 463 in Phoenix, 500 Arnold Palmer, 662 
at uh, the match play. And then I believe the strength field this week was like 780 or something like that. So he's not just going out and winning the uh, Valero Texas Open or anything right. like that. You know, he's going out and dominating the best fields in the game. And you look at look at his just his stats overall. You know, a lot of times when we see guys get on these massive heaters, like, for example, the biggest analytically I see similar is Jordan Spieth. But, for example, he was one of the best putters from 25 to 35 feet that the game has ever seen. Like when DJ went on his massive runs, he was just overpowering golf courses. Same with Rory as well. But you look at Scheffler, and it's he's great off the tee, one of the best iron players out there, especially one of the best short iron players out there. And his chipping was unbelievable, and his putting's unbelievable. So it's, it's one of the rare times, guys, where, I mean, obviously, if you're going to get to number one in the world, you can do everything at least pretty halfway decent. But there's not one thing in his game that just sticks out, and you're like, oh, my God, that's going to carry him forever. It's He's going to have to have so many cracks break through the foundation for him to start playing bad golf. And I don't know if that's going to happen, Colby. Guys, analytically, his strokes gained putting, that was his lowest strokes gained of all the statistics. He gained more off the tee, more approach, and more around the green. Yeah, 18 and, didn't really help But don't that. act like and he putted bad he because he, he gained .72 shots. No, putting. Taylor's right. 18 had something to do with it. He yeah. even said after the right, round, right. it was the first time he let his mind wander. You know why to, he four-putted? It was to give the hump man the under on the minus 12 bet we had. <laughs> oh, <laughs> missed, no. We could have pushed if he two-putted. Y'all had 12 under for the win yeah, bet. And then, and then he just... <laughs> he four putted just for good measure. <laughs> he could three putt and still. Dude, that won. was that was one of the most relatable moments. Ever. It was, and then I mean, and then the crowd started cheering him on. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, get the ball in the hole, dude. dude. That was that was what I was scared of Tiger doing in 2019. I was too. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny on the tap ins. Like they were going like three feet past the hole. I like, know. At some point, just lag it up to an inch <laughs> and tap it in. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great finish to a great tournament for Scotty Scheffler. He ends up winning by three. I mean, four-putting the 72nd at Augusta National to win the Masters by three is – that's the dream, right? You're so far ahead. But, I mean, just cruise control for Scotty on the back nine. So smart. That's what I took away from the weekend from Scotty Scheffler. I swear he's 37. He's 25 going on 45. The the dude is such a smart player. Yeah, Colby, I I think, though – that you have to look to number three that completely changed his whole mindset. He came in, he even talked about it, said he cried like a baby to his wife Meredith that morning, said, I don't think I'm ready for this moment. And the first two holes, he didn't look ready <laughs> for this moment. because. And Cam Smith was, right? I mean, he was putting the pressure on him. One down, headed into number three. My pick, my boy Cam Smith. And they both made mistakes off the tee. Scotty. I'm not saying that he got a good break because of the line of sight relief. I really don't think that even mattered because he still was left short of the green, you know, and somehow that ball smacks the pin and goes in. I think that he would have had seven to ten feet left for par and somehow walks away with a birdie on that hole, two-shot swing, and then Cam Smith obviously bogeys the next hole, you know, so that's three shots, you know, in, in a matter of about five minutes it seemed like. T-Dub, and I think that, you know, it went from Scotty Scheffler pressing on one, two, and three to him cruising because then we get to six. He tops, you know, the par save that Cam Smith had, seven. He tops the birdie putt, and then we get to 11. That was the putt of the tournament, the Bill Raftery putt, as I like to say, the onions to top Cam Smith on that putt. I think that the tournament was over at that point, not when Cam Smith hit it in the water at 12. Yeah, I think when we look back on it, guys, probably the most, the biggest shot of the tournament, in my opinion, was Cam shot second shot on number three. Because what happens first? Scheffler's over there to the left and puts it up there and it rolls back down. 
Well, if Cam can put that ball on the green or somewhat close to the hole, I don't think Scheffler's going to chip in if that happens. Because if Cam's shot was so similar that he had to mark his ball when it rolled back down to replace it. Did, so, did Cam miss hit his second? He only had 58 yards, and it came up. I mean, it came up. It landed in the middle of that slope. It, it was it was a worse swing than he made on 12, probably, more than likely. The, the lie could have been a little sketchy, but nevertheless – I think that that right there opened the door back up for Scotty to contend. And you know, going back to Scotty, you think it was more of an open door? Or do you think it just settled him into the round and said, you know, I I have a chance now? Because there for a while at the start of that round, it seemed like when is Scotty going to ever settle down? Well, and you know, whenever you're playing against someone who birdies the first two holes on you, you're like, man, this guy is playing really good today. And you, so, you know, something special is going to happen there. Well, when Cam. It shows a little bit of vulnerability. He, like I said, he opened the door for him, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, and the fact that Cam didn't get that up and down had a big part in that Correct. as well. Then you even go on to the fourth hole, and Scheffler had a, a brilliant up and down from left to the green, and, and Cam's not able to get up and down that front bunker. And you just watch the shots that they were hitting on the first four holes, and it's Scotty gained one shot on Cam, and it's like there's no way that should have happened. <laughs> like, so like crazy. it's like there's no like it just doesn't add up. Like math is a real funny thing. So I, I think that. The tournament was decided very early on. Cam ended up making a run, but at the same time, I, I don't think that – the only time I thought that the momentum could have shifted was if Cam was able to get up and down on 10 after he hit it left and yeah. he ended up well, missing. Well, the momentum could have shifted if Scotty missed that putt on 11. Uh, that's that's another yeah. point that it could yeah. have as well. I think that might be a reason why Cam might have subconsciously gone at the flag on 12 because he's like, man, I mean, this guy's making everything. i got to make birdies. Yeah, I mean, three down with seven to go, and the other guy's playing good. You feel like you have to make birdies. But I want to go back to Scheffler's chip in on number three because anytime you have a ball that, that's coming across the green and it hits the pin and drops, there is an element of luck to that. But Scheffler chipped so well all week that I think I can make the argument that he was a little bit unlucky that none of the other ones found the bottom of the cup. Fair. Because every time he was greenside but, with a wedge in his hand, he was scaring the hole. But none of the other ones were in the same situation. No, but, I know. I mean, I know. I, I mean but, what but I'm still, saying is there's an element of luck to it in the fact that he wasn't trying to make it. It wasn't a makeable chip shot, you know, and, and, and it just as easily could have been two inches right and – and gone, you know, seven feet by, he misses, and they tie the hole, and Cam Smith's one down and, and hit just rolling along. Well, and it didn't fall in dead weight. I mean, that's the thing. It, it's not like Tiger shot on 16 right. in 2005. I mean, it, it wasn't was going green. too hard. Like, he would have had a legitimate chance yeah, it wasn't going, it wasn't going 25 feet But even feet if by. he makes par, there's not that momentum swing. Right. No, I, I completely agree, and it's, it's very rarely because they're talking about it, right? They're saying, is this one of the best chips in Masters history? And it's like, how many times has a famous Masters shot happened before the back nine? It's like it never happened. Well, I right? mean, Charles Schwartzel. Well, a lot of people don't even remember Louis that, Hughes though. Hazen. Yeah, Louis. But well, I mean, I mean that's, a double, that's a double eagle. I well, mean, yeah, he, he, he didn't go on to win. So, right. I, I just, to me, you scare the hole enough times Eventually, one of them's just going to hit it. And yes, there's an element of luck to that. And yes, it was a huge, huge moment. But I just can't say enough about four days watching Scotty Scheffler get himself in what looked like fairly tricky situations around the green. How about yesterday, whenever he comes out, admittedly, as nervous as he's ever been in his life, doesn't think he can handle the moment. Right. He's got a really difficult little pitch from left greenside on number one. There's kind of that little hump in the back of the green how there. How good was that shot? He tosses it up to 18 inches. Yeah. I mean, how about the shot on Thursday on number 11? 
Thursday on number 11, he blows it 40 yards long right of the green. Uh, oh, yes. Has to come directly over the bunker to the, the back left flag. with the hump to the right of 11 yes. made it even harder. And with the pin down by the pond. Yes, and he opens up the 60 degree, throws it miles up in the air to eight feet, kicks it in for par. He's all week. He played 11 even par for the week. That's Whenever you look back on it, we obviously going to highlight the specific shots, but for him to play the newly renovated one, the hardest holes on the course, probably the hardest hole this uh, past Masters, for him to play even par, and I think he missed, what, like a seven-footer for birdie on Saturday. So, I you talk about that's that's really the strategy that gets undervalued at Augusta, hey, in my opinion, is the fact about playing it. the hard holes. Let's talk about 11 real quick and, and the changes just real quick. I think that 11 was a resounding success because it puts the premium on the second shot instead of the drive, right? You still have to hit a good drive, but the premium is on the second shot. Now, 15 I hated the changes at 15, especially when they didn't move it up to the normal tee box or the old tee box when it was dead into the wind. There was zero eagles at 15 this week. Yeah. There were more eagles at 10. There were more eagles at 9. There were more eagles at 16 yeah. than there were at 15 this year. I'll say this. I don't know that I love the changes at 11 because it, for four days, it was the easiest fairway to hit on the course. And, yeah, but and it was still one of the hardest holes. No, it was, but I, I liked the element of, guys, if you miss it just a little bit too far right on that hole, you kind of have to aim at the pond and cut it up into that green. I thought that that brought the water more into play. Now I kind of felt like that element was taken away because guys were missing it up the right edge and it was kicking left and still leaving an unobstructed view to the green. Okay. So but, I, I think to but me... You have they, an un, un, unobstructed view, but it's still a really, really hard shot because if you're on the right, now you have to deal with the big like slope hump that they built over there on the right side of the green. And if you're short or short right, it can kick down into the water now because they move the water more right. Yeah, still still a very hard hole, obviously. I just, I thought they made the fairway a little bit too wide. I, yeah. I didn't like I didn't like it being so the might, easiest fairway on the course. Would you like them to make the fairway tighter, but bring, or keep that hump by the green? Yeah, I like the hump by the green. I would just like them to bring that right side back in a little bit because I felt like over the weekend you could see the pro tracer and a lot of guys were sending that shot up the right edge that they're like, oh, come on, get lucky. And then it lands like eight yards in the fairway, kicks left, and it's still a hard approach shot. But, you know, a lot easier than in years so, past. Obviously, Cam Smith made a great birdie on that hole. Yeah. Scotty made a great par on that hole. We go to 12. Guys, I saw something from Cam Smith that I've seen before. Did that not look eerily similar to the shot he hit on 17 that found dry land? I thought the, the swings were drastically different. I thought like, the I thought monumentally the different. I thought the alignment did. But yeah, I thought the sw- I thought the contact and the swing and the commitment the to the shot wasn't as good as it was on 17. My point is he missed both were nine irons. He missed right with both. Yeah, but he missed way right yesterday. It wasn't that far right of where uh, he was aimed. It's about where he was aimed. He said he he's not aiming at that flag. Where are you trying to hit a 13 tee box? Yeah, he did either, say either he, he didn't know where he was aiming or he subconsciously aimed over there well, because that can happen. He insisted after the round he wasn't trying and to go near the pan. I heard him in the in the whenever he was talking with his caddy that I they either said right at the TV tower or the right side of it. And either way, that's ten, that's 10 to 15 yards too far right. Even that is. That's only 10 to 15 feet left of the flag at that point, and you got to go way further left than that. I, I just don't, don't think that for Cam that was a, a situation where you need to try to make a birdie. I understand that you're three back, but you have two par fives coming up. You have 16 coming up where you can put it in the bowl. And you got to think, even though you're hitting first, Scheffler's not going to attack that flag. 
I mean, there's no chance that he is. And you could have easily put it in the in the middle of the green, and Scheffler could have hit a, a worse shot. Or if you put it in the middle of the green, maybe he doesn't get up and down from that Dude, left side know. and makes a bogey. I don't know. Scheffler was hitting nine iron into 15. I mean, he bombed that drive. <laughs> so, by the way, on 12, <laughs> Scheffler played 12 the way every guy with a three-shot lead should play 12. Yeah, it, it looked well, to me he got a little lucky on, on number twelve. It looked to me like Scheffler was between eight and nine iron, and he hit six to take the water out of play. He just goes way long left, and he's like, "Hey, let's throw it up there." Worst I'm making's four. I don't. know. It was about a foot and a half away from being stuck in those flowers and bushes. Yeah. By the way, how many guys throughout the week every year hit it up into the azaleas behind number twelve, and it always comes out. I know. Every time. It seems like it always comes out. Tiger but and Schwartzel were the best. But, but Schwartzel especially was way up in him. Scotty's might not have because it was so far left that it wasn't as steep of a slope. It was at a very different angle. But yeah. I'm just saying, he took the water out of play. In in zero yeah. universes was he ever hitting it in the water on that hole. That's what you do with a three-shot lead. And then 13, he did a similar anti-shot, I would, I would like to say. I mean, he just kind of pops it up out to the right like he did on Saturday, too. Yeah. And said, I'm just not going to you know, make a big number on this hole. Yeah, and by the way, I, I think the shot on 12 from wherever you drop is a little bit underrated in difficulty because oh, yeah. not very often do we see a guy take a drop on 12, and you can drop anywhere in line with the flag, so you get to pick your number. You get to pick your number, and that's a, nobody throws it in there to that Sunday pin in close. It's hard. Well, and well, he, especially and with, he missed it by a mile. Well, with the pins located, you got – four paces overwards to land your ball. And the last thing you want to do after you're hit in the water is hit in the water again. So, <laughs> then, so then you get the old, you know, flush me off right over, you know, 15 yards over the green. And Cam yeah. got fairly lucky. He had a horrible force shot. But, I mean, it rolled back. He was in a position to easily get he up and down. almost chipped that in. Yeah, he did almost chip. And then it runs by and he misses the comebacker. By the way, Friday afternoon, Danny Willett briefly held the solo lead in the Masters. And as soon as he held the solo lead, Jordan Spieth walked to 12-T. And I kid you not, it was simultaneous. Danny Willett at the top the leaderboard Jordan Spieth puts two into Ray's Creek on number 12 and ends up missing the cut the timing timing of it was poetic so nostalgic it was poetic uh yeah a bunch of guys just grooving it down the fairway all week at Augusta National head over to grooveitbrush.com our great partners here on the 73rd hole grooveitbrush.com they are back in stock shipping now quite possibly the finest golf club cleaner ever made put a little water in it squirt, squirt that on the club face get it all nice and clean you'll be spinning it like these guys were at Augusta National this week grooveitbrush.com promo code 73rd hole to get 10% off. It is on by a magnet, and this magnet can hold down just about anything. I think this magnet could pick up the treadmill that we've got on the other side of the room here. <laughs> it's such a strong magnet. It's not going to fall off on the course. Grooveitbrush.com, promo code 73rd hole for 10% off. So, going back to what we were talking about just saying go with the course changes, how much do y'all think that, because this is, the, this is the opinion I have on it, it's like, do I agree with the changes on 15? No. I actually like the changes on 11, but how much do you think the West wind has to input with how we're viewing these course changes? Because well, I think that does. West wind absolutely killed the way 15 well, should it be. Does, yeah. But that was my point was it's fine to have that T box back there if it's downwind, but, but you, you don't, don't have, have to, use, to it. use it. I felt like they felt, I, I feel like they felt like they had to use it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's just the new T box. Let's use the one way back there. Even though it's dead into the wind, the hole's going to play like you want it to play. 
when it's yeah. into the wind yeah, I from the normal tee box. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I thought it turned into a generic, boring par five. It was. And it's always been maybe my favorite hole on the course. And I think the reason is the chip from off the back of number 15 green is my favorite short game shot on the entire course. And the changes combined with the west wind made everybody lay up for three days. So we didn't get to see that shot, and I hated that. I will say, though, Scotty Scheffler had the downwind downhill putt on 15 on Saturday and three putted it. He and did. Cam Smith stuck that wedge shot yeah. in there to like two feet, which, you know, gave Cam Smith a chance, you know, right? Yeah, he had life for a while. It's just, it's, and I think that if we would have seen the weather on Sunday throughout the four days, I think it would have been different. It's just, I mean, it feels like, it felt like watching the tournament, they added 80 yards to that hole and they only added 20. It just it's, it seems hard for me to believe that we went from a stretch to where like I remember they showed it on live from uh, before the tournament started. Sergio hit like a seven iron in there when he won, and it's like yeah, you go back to where you haven't hit a three wood and lay up the top of the hill. Like I said, you would have thought they added eighty yards, but they only added twenty. So I don't know. I feel like that that's one of those changes to where I need to watch at least one, maybe two more Masters to get a full feel. But it did take the yeah. excitement out of it, right? Because yeah, it's like you, yeah, you want to be able to make eagles on that hole. You, and we you, didn't see one the whole damn tournament. You, you want it to be a hole where there can be a three-shot swing with three holes left in the golf right. tournament, and the weather combined with the changes took that away this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even with no wind on Sunday, really. Yeah. You know, Dottie might have thought there was a wall of wind up there, you know. She probably thought it was downwind. That's why she he was hitting nine iron. Is this a good time to, to talk about CBS? Let's just talk about Let's it just talk quick. about CBS. Okay. Nick Faldo. <laughs> you and we're going to talk about Nick Faldo in a little bit because we're giving away a pair of his nine shoes. He had himself a rough call yesterday. He did. He said, and I quote, guys, I don't want to spoil it, but something incredible has just happened at number 18. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want to spoil it? <laughs> you just spoiled it. Rory's in the greenside bunker, right? Something incredible just happened, and you don't want to spoil it? Even my wife, who doesn't watch golf, she's like, is he fixing to make this? Why do you say he didn't want to spoil it? <laughs> it was, I couldn't believe the way that CBS just totally bungled the Rory shot on 18. Could you imagine, like, on Tiger's shot on 16 a few years oh, ago? God. Like, oh, something amazing just happened on 16th hole. Like, no, that's what makes the oh, call. No. Or, or Jack's putt in 86. Oh, a huge moment coming up here on 17. Yeah, it's but, like, it, it ruins it. Like, oh, my word. Like, I love our man Nick Fowler, one of the most underrated players around. But, my God, that I, was not that I, good. I like it when Vern Lundquist does it, like, because he's always doing it about guys that don't matter for the tournament. Guys that are 12 back. Right, and he's, he's like, like, look what just happened he's in 14. Like, no, it, it's like this. It's like, and here is Stuart Sink on the 16th. And you just know he's going to make That's a pretty it. good vert. You just know he's going to make yeah, it. Yeah, I think the best tweet I saw yesterday was <laughs> the progression of Masters calls over the year. Yes, sir, in your life. You're not going to believe the incredible thing that happened just a few minutes ago. <laughs> it's like, it was brutal. I mean, that, and then on 13, the broadcast team thought Scheffler was going for it when he was laying up. On 15, the ca the caddy clearly... It, don't put that on the broadcast team. Put that on Dottie Pepper. Okay, the caddy either flashed four up or four down. Four up means you're hitting four iron. Four yep. down means you're hitting nine iron. So either the caddy flashed the wrong sign or Dottie saw the wrong sign and said, nine iron. How about you use your but, brain? But somebody's got to notice, like, this dude is standing over a long iron. Yeah. And nobody's... It's not that hard to tell the difference yeah. between a nine iron and a four iron. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, was, it was nuts. I, I thought you'd been able to see it from a mile away. I could see it when I was watching the telecast. I'm like, there's no way that's a nine iron. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> like, you, you could either tell by the length of the shaft or the loft of the club. It's like, it looks like a butter knife out hey, there. There's no way that's a one, nine iron. One more on Nick Faldo. He said, 
uh, I think that Roy McElroy might be wearing green to match the green jacket, and he had a blue shirt on. Well, and the thing about the Roy shot, which was so funny, is that like Cam wasn't even over his ball yet. Like he was just like marking it and reading it. It's like flip the damn camera over and show the shot. It's not that hard, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's. By the way. Everything yesterday was on a couple minutes delay. They just kept going to things late. Okay, and I, I want just, to talk about that too. Yeah. The Masters app is the best thing so in the good. history of anything, right? In the history of technology, it's the best thing. The only problem with the Masters app is when you're watching the golf on TV, the Masters app is well ahead. Yesterday, I knew that Rory McIlroy birdie, or I mean, sorry, Eagle 13, about five minutes before they ever even showed it. Yeah, I pause the uh, I pause the Masters.com coverage on the alternate screen, well, and I leave it paused for like three minutes. That way, the broadcast can catch up, and I'm not seeing things first on my Masters coverage before it shows on my that's TV. That's smart, but, but you I have, have the, to do that. No, but I have the notifications for my favorite players, yeah. and I got a Rory McIlroy notification that he eagled 13. Well, and it's funny, too, because... Like, for example, I think it was when Cam and Scotty were walking up nine. Like, you can hear a big roar come in. So, it's like two things are happening there. There's only so many people at the top of the leaderboard. So, either Rory did a hole-in-one at 16. They're kind of in the same area. That's exactly exactly what I was going to say. So, someone either made a hole-in-one or Rory did something. And, like always said, five minutes later, they show Rory. And it's like... I, yes, yes, we know that that, that probably happened. Yes, so I, I, I'm 100% with you, Colby, and it's it's a damn shame because it, it kind of, as much as I'm not going to say that that was the big takeaway from the tournament or anything so, like that, but it's, I, I agree with Sam, though. It's, the Masters app is by far the best golf coach you can get. Whenever you see the PGA Tour's budget for broadcasting, how in the hell is every tournament not like this? I have no idea. That would be unbelievable if every tournament was like this. I love the fact that if you miss a shot, you can just go back and watch it. You could watch some guys round in a matter of, you know, 45 minutes. I was having to do that on Friday because our man T. Gooch was up there in the top five, and they refused to show him. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to go to the app. And- on Sunday, TG got all the way up to a tie for sixth. He ended up 14th, but a heck of a week. From Taylor, but guys, I want to get back to Rory McElroy. And, you know, we we've always talked about him being the backdoor king and everything. I think that Rory is really finding some form, but what does Rory McElroy have to do to do it on Thursday and Friday? Uh I think to do I mean, to talk about how you're gonna do it overall, I think that's Really, really hard to, to think. I think that for him to keep going, he just needs to win at some point. You know, he won at Wells Fargo last year, but and you I mean, had this was his best finish in a major since Valhalla. Yeah, and, solo second. And by and you look at it, it's probably by far the best he played. I mean, he didn't putt very well uh, this week, but you know, obviously his chipping was so good, iron and off the tee. <laughs> is know, what, tell him about the record. It has to be a record, right? Which record? on strokes gained around the green yesterday. Oh, so Rory gained. 5.75 strokes around the green. Whoa. Which is, I mean, just for example, the, the next highest yesterday was like 2.7. It's so the hardest. Chip in at 10, bunker hole out at 18. Yep. Put, made the putt from off the green on 7. Yep, ridiculous yep. throwing it up on the slope on the back of 14 whenever he looked like he might have oh, been in jail. Shot. I mean, he, he threw that shot on 14. That one I don't think gets enough love. That crept one inch into the fringe before it turned around and rolled back to a foot underneath and, the hole. Strokes gained around the green is the hardest stroke gain category to gain strokes. <laughs> you, you, you have to be holding chips to you do it. You have to and, make chips and you have to, you know, miss. Most of the time guys do it. They're missing a lot of greens. But mm-hmm. to do it and still play the best round he's ever played at Augusta National, yeah. that's pretty amazing. Well, and to, to go back to Colby's point about that shot on 14, that was, you know, an inch from being, uh, you know, just a little long. On 15, 
he had his wet shot in there after missing the fairway, and that ball was about to zip, guys. And yep. it, it flung back, what, a foot into the fringe and just stuck there. Yeah, and the approach shot coming into 15 for Rory, it's like the first hop, it didn't get a good bounce to it. It right. skipped. It, like, skipped really hard forward, so it couldn't come back. But another big thing there, he's got, a, he's got a big moment to try to make a three. He made a three at 13. He really needs to make a three at 15. The one day that it's really, really reachable, and he hits his tee shot way left and forces himself to lay up, it's just... Early in the tournament, Rory even admitted that he was playing maybe a little too conservatively the first two days with 73-73. Tough conditions. He wasn't the only one that struggled. There was one guy better than three under par through 36 holes. So it's not like people were lighting up Augusta National. But he he just – he's got to take the pressure off himself and play more free on Thursday and Friday because once he's out of contention for the golf tournament, his chances to win never got it over 5% yesterday. Once he's out of contention, he plays free and he plays awesome. He just has to figure out a way mentally to do that whenever he's still early in the tournament with a chance to win. And it's on the greens. If you look at the strokes gained in round one, he lost almost a shot and a half. In round two on the greens, he lost over a shot and a half. Now on the weekend, he gained a shot and and gained a shot again with the strokes gained around the greens. So he, he gained a lot of shots around the greens and on the greens in the final round, but he's not putting good enough in those first two rounds of majors. And I think that that's why he hadn't won, uh, you know, in, in a long, long time. Well, and let's look at it, guys. Let's remember, what did he do at Bay, at Bay Hill this year? Seven under first round, goes out and dominates. He's by far the number – I don't think there was anyone within two shots of him. Then yep. all of a sudden he finished 13th in that event. So – it, it's weird because but it's, it's different in majors. He hadn't gotten off to a good start the, in majors. The difference, the difference is, is that in regular tournaments or non-majors, I should say, plays really good the first few days generally, and his final round scoring average is really abysmal. The last two years, he's been fourth and sixteenth in scoring average, but he's been around eightieth in final round scoring average. So, but but it's it's the exact opposite in majors, which is what makes it so weird is that he doesn't get out. He basically pretty much shoots himself out of the tournament. And then backdoors a nice paycheck after that. It's so funny that he ended up shooting 64 because he played those last five holes so bad and somehow played them one under par. That's insane to me. Yeah, it is. And that's what happens. I mean, he still is one of the elites in the game. And obviously, a solo second finish is great. By the way, I did end up running him out in the one and done. So that worked out pretty nicely with the backdoor solo second. Of course you did. With the increased purse this year, too. Yes. I went Rory JT. Your Rory pick ended up beating my Cam Smith pick. Which, by the way, Bad beat for all the Cam Smith people. Ugh. I'm in a I'm in another pool where you pick an American and an international every week, and just low score takes the pot for the week. And one guy in our pool this week went Scotty Rory. Another guy in our pool went Scotty Cam. The Scotty Cam oh, wow. pairing oh. is a bad beat. That is a bad beat. Because it's 100% of the pool goes the winner. So in the bad beat, if anyone had like an over-under on total yes, score it's a bad on 18. Beat. Who are y'all's one-and-done picks? Tiger and Cam. Tiger and Cam. Cam and DJ. I, I went Tiger and DJ. just because... Yeah, DJ faded pretty hard on the weekend. Yeah, he's one of the few players to shoot uh, who was in the top of the leaderboard and to shoot o- over par. So, um, and a lot of it, you know, Shambly was talking about a little bit with this swing. I think it's a little bit better than he was alluding to. But you know, like for example, both I had two, both my one and done picks yesterday, guys, made a triple on the back nine because Cam tripled twelve, and then DJ uh, decided to uh, triple eleven, hit it way right, and then hit a punch shot into those three trees that sit there by themselves. Oh, Literally no. KO'd the middle of one and went back into the crowd. I mean, <laughs> you, dead smoked. And you always you watch professional golf, and these guys always find these lanes for punch shots from these trees at Augusta. And almost never does one KO the tree trunk. So whenever it does, it's so jarring to (laughs) see the ball. It's so loud, too. It's so loud. (laughs) And it's jarring to see a ball ricochet off a tree at 100 miles an hour because you just never see it from the pros. 
You know what else we never see is Will Zalatoris gaining 3.25 shots on the greens for an entire tournament. How about the putt on nine yesterday? <laughs> oh, my God. He's like back fringe on nine. He throws it out by the bunker, and it just skis down the slope right into the pin. Dude, he actually would have had a great chance to win the golf tournament if he hit his irons and wedges. He said he was deplorable. With, with his wedge game this week. Uh, Minus .18 for the week for Zalatoris. Strokes gained approach. He loves himself some Augusta National. Wild. Made seven that, birdies yesterday. But, legitimate question, T-Dub. Do you think that he putts better at Augusta National because he doesn't have to give it that little extra pop that he might on other courses? Um, I think that probably, generally, that's probably a good observation. Generally, the rule of thumb is the faster the greens are, the more likely you are to make putts. I think that gets a little exaggerated because Augusta's greens are sloped so much. I think that has a big part to do with it. But it doesn't matter if you're a good putter or a bad putter. There's certain greens that you like more than others. And yeah, I think Zalatoris clearly likes Augusta greens. I mean, what he finished, what was he, finished fifth this year? and uh, uh, T6 right alongside Corey six. Connors. Yep. 3.25 in the final round for Zalatoris. 1.41 for the week. For Zalatoris, 1.41 for the week might as well be 15. Yeah. I mean. And, and he finished second here to Hideki last year. So, I mean, yeah. I think Zalatoris is getting into a trend of, it's almost like you can make one of your picks next year for Augusta to be Will Zalatoris. Uh, sneaky ringer at the Masters, by the way. Corey, Corey Connors. Connors records his third consecutive top I don't think 10. it's sneaky anymore. It, not anymore. Three straight top tens. That's not sneaky. Well, we talk about a guy who isn't the best with his putter, but he clearly likes putting around there. And, and we're going to start to see this trend that, that just continues on for 86 years or however long the Masters has been. And TG brought this up so well that those shells are just so small, so much smaller than TV alludes to. And, like, for example, Scheffler, he was just putting those balls into those those ridges and those uh, funnels and all that stuff every single shot. And when you got great ball strikers as Zalatoris and Corey Connors, they're able to do that a few more times around it than someone else. It's going to lead to a lot more success. So I think that those are those – are, Leading up to be guys who you look at, we're getting a list of about eight to ten golfers who are gonna, can win Augusta every year, and they're on that list. I got to give a shout out to the Hump Man, Corey Connors, was his dark horse pick. Nice. Um, you know, you did say that he puts better at Augusta. He did in round four, but the first three rounds he lost a half a shot or more in the, in each of the first three rounds, and then finally had a great putting round, uh, gaining almost three shots on the field in the final round. So the reason why he didn't contend was because of the putter. And by the way, there were some flip flopping in the top ten this week in the official world golf rankings not at number one scotty scheffler his lead over number two went through the moon with the win at the masters he now leads by more than two full points over colin morikawa which is a uh, a big gap for scotty scheffler so he's likely to be number one for quite a while morikawa moved up from three to two so john rom now down to three morikawa great I mean, sunday 60 showing some form right before southern hills which fits his game perfectly we'll get to Love southern hills after the break southern. But, man, it's great to see Colin Morikawa finally showing some solid form. I know he had a little bit of an injury then you know, just hasn't been the same, you know, Colin Morikawa great iron player, you know, so far this year. But to this week he was. Yeah, he was. He's played uh, pretty well. John Rahm continues to struggle on the greens. Yeah. Every time he hits a 15-footer, he misses it six inches one side of the hole or the other, and he just looks absolutely shocked that it didn't go in. So John Rahm's down to number three in the world now after a long reign at number one. Hovland stays put at four. Cam Smith into the top five for the first time in his career with yep. his third-place finish. Cantlay drops out of the top five down to number six. Rory's up to seven. JT down from seven to eight. Dustin Johnson down from eight to nine. And Sam Burns climbs back into the top Top 10 after he missed cut the guy he's whose uh, spot he took Xander Schauffele also missed the cut so trivia. points came off from before and uh, that's your top 10 trivia boys 
Uh, can you guys tell me uh, the guys that won the Masters and the U- U.S. Junior Amateur? Masters and U.S. Junior Amateur. Tiger. Tiger. Yes, in uh, 91, 92, and 93. Spieth. Jordan Speed, that's right. Jordan he Spieth? won the yep. U.S. Junior in 2009 and 2011, and then obviously won the Masters in 2015. Phil the Thrill? Phil did not. I don't think Phil, Phil won not. the Junior. Um, I, I, I don't think Jack y'all w- get this one. Did Jack it's win old. the Junior? I don't think he did. No, don't think it wasn't we'll Jack. get this one. Uh, in Woosdom. Nope. Ben Crenshaw. Nope. Not Freddie Couples. Nope. Older. 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 Arnold Palmer? Same era. Tom Watson? Same era. Gary Player? Same era. Oh, my gosh. Who else is from that same era? Billy Casper? Did, no, same Casper, era. Casper didn't win the Masters, did he? I think he did. Did yeah. he? Yeah. I know he won the Open in, what, 56, 66? Something like that. You go, I don't man. know. Give us the last one. Gabe Brewer. He won the U.S. Junior in 1949 and won the Masters in 1967. That was my next guess. I wouldn't have guessed that in <laughs> literally a trillion years. That was my next guess. Uh, we ready to talk about Tiger? Uh, real quick, I wanted to bring up a point about Scotty Scheffler okay, after yeah, that. Okay, yeah, fire away. Because, you know, he's been a winner at every single level. He was a winner when he was a junior. He's the best in the world. I remember distinctly, this is a cool story now, they had a college golf fellowship, and he talked a lot about his faith yesterday, but I was at a college golf fellowship event at Tony Romo's house, and we spent the weekend at Tony Romo's house. You know who else was there? It was about 15 of us, Scotty Scheffler. And Tony Romo, at the opening thing where he talked to all of us at the at the start he goes Who, who's the best here and everyone just pointed at scotty he goes that guy <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's a pretty cool that's story right story. but he's been the best since we were young right and then was the best one of the best players in college now he went through the growth spurt in college but then was corn fairy tour player of the year now he's the number one player in the world guys i think it's because he is just so much better mentally even than the best players in the world right now. Let's look at John Rahm. Let's look at Cam Smith. Scotty Scheffler's head and shoulders above those guys. He's unflappable. Right he is mentally. unflappable whenever he's on the golf course. Well, it's, it's just like you look at the first four holes yesterday, like we mentioned. He should have been about three over, and he's one under. So... It's just there's a certain element of game. Like, for example, that's the reason I keep bringing comparison to Spieth back in 2015. Spieth hit it all over the place, right, and still make birdies and pars. I mean, and Chef were just doing, making it look a lot more beautiful than that. And when you don't have any holes in your game at all, you can always have something to fall back on. So it's like, you know, I think it was Paul Azinger, of all people, actually made a good point. It's like, generally, if you can hit one – if you can get one good shot a hole, you're not going to make bogey, generally. And so I think that right. that Scheffler's the perfect example of that. He hits a couple bad drive and, and chip shot, or uh, approach shot, he's going to hit a good chip shot, or vice versa. He's going to hit a really good iron shot, put himself in a position where he's not going to make any worse than bogey. And that's why I think that he's going to contend in, in a lot of terms going forward. But going back to your point, Colby, I'm, we don't ever see people win four times in six events. A lot of that isn't necessarily just talent. It's thought process, right? I mean, And a little bit of luck. I, I, it's all luck, or not all luck, but, <laughs> but golf is a lot, lot more luck than people want to give it credit for. But I, I just, I think but I like that, your point. I mean, it, I mean, it's exactly right because he's got the mental fortitude to say, "Hey, I won. I'm just going to go out and do it again." He mentioned a lot in his uh, news conferences that he just likes to stay in the present, and that's super, super good because you know the he's present's the, pretty damn good for him right pretty now. Pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. So if yeah, he might get in a position where the present's pretty, uh, pretty crappy, and then he says, oh, "I might want to think about the future or the past <laughs> in this instance." But you know, he's not sitting there, and he's not. 
you know, it's kind of funny. Like Tiger, for example, everyone talks about after he won the PGA at Valhalla. So the next day he was out hitting range balls. And, you know, a lot of that is preparing for the future at, at the Masters. So there's definitely two ways to go about the thought process. But I think that Scotty being in the present is why he's been able to win so much the last few months. Yeah. And uh, we also found out over the weekend that Scotty Scheffler is a big fan of The Office. Apparently he watches yeah. The Office every night. I thought night about you when he said unwind. that. It's, it's funny already in the Golf Channel group chat. We got talking about The Office. And somebody wrote up a little blog about Scotty in The Office. And they were like, we'll give this one to Colby. You take this one. <laughs> get this one posted. Uh, by the way, his wife's name's Meredith. A character on The Office. Yep. Scott, his dad, Michael Scott. His caddy's Ted Scott, yep. which, by the way, Ted Scott now, three green jackets. Uh, Scotty Scheffler's made about $9 million this season. Ted Scott's made about $900,000 this season. <laughs> what a gig. I loved that quote from Scotty Scheffler. He goes, what, we have nine starts? Yeah, he's doing pretty good. Yeah, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And Bubba yesterday said he couldn't be happier for him. He's like, hey, he's made a lot more money with, without me. So, uh, yeah, Ted Scott on the bag. Now, I mean, four wins and six starts. It, obviously, that's a great duo. Remind me. I don't know. Did it end bad with no uh, Bubba no. and no. and Ted Scott? So it didn't. No, still he friends. He just retired because he wanted to, and he just got the great opportunity to go so, to Scotty. So Bubba called him in the fall, and, and he told him, Ted Scott said, look, I need 10 more years on the back. I need to caddy for 10 more years. That sets me up for retirement. It gets me where I need to be in my right. life. Bubba said, look, man, I'm 43 years old. Bubba admitted yesterday that he had a wrist injury all last year that he didn't tell anybody about. He was getting PRP injections. Yep. He didn't know if that was going to linger, how good he was going to be. He's like, look, man, I don't, I'm 43. I don't know where it's going from here. And they just mutually agreed that it was time to split. And uh, Bubba actually said that he gave Ted Scott a pretty nice retirement package on his way out. And then he hops on Scotty Scheffler's bag. But Bubba and Scotty, Bubba's like, Bubba's like, I want my right. my, my return right. on investment. Bubby, Bubba and Scotty have gotten really close over the last few years. Bubba kind of took Scotty under his wing whenever he got out on tour. Those guys are friends. Uh, Bubba said he and Ted Scott have played golf together as recently as a couple of months ago. Yeah. So good, good, friendly split, and they're all very happy for each other. So. It's, it's a great story, right? And, you know, going back to Ted Scott, we mentioned this on the radio show yesterday. You know, he caddied for Paul Azinger and he caddied for uh, OU legend Grant Waite for a while, too. So, you know, not only Bubba experience on the bag, been right. out there for doing it for a long time and doing a great job, obviously. And I tell you what, you know, we talk about people who, like, you get to Augusta National, right? And the people, like, you want to talk to Jack, Tiger, Ben Crenshaw, probably. Ted Scott's got to be on top of that list, right? Yeah, absolutely he does. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to know how does. to play Augusta National... That's the guy I want to talk to. Right He's been there. around a time or two. At least a top 10 guy, I would I mean, assume. Three jackets. Three jackets on the bag for uh and for ten, In what, 10 years, right? 2012? Uh, 12. 20? 12. Wasn't it, wasn't it 10, 12? No, no it, it was 12, 12 14. 14, and then this yeah. year. 22, so, so yeah. yeah, 11. Yeah, 11, 11 editions of the Masters. He has yeah. a lot of – he has uh, more green jackets than a lot of guys. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, by the way, I looked no, I yesterday – Well, I think, he doesn't have a jacket. Well, he doesn't but. have the jacket, but he, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he gets to try the jacket on, take yeah. a couple pictures in the jacket. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Ted Scott this year would rank between uh, like 77th and 78th on the PGA Tour money list. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, so good stuff for Ted Scott. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Tiger Woods, the goat. He makes his comeback. He uh, look Thursday was electric. He was rolling in a bunch of six eight footers for par. Looked great. Friday uh, stumbled out of the gate, but really got it back on the weekend. I thought his body kind of betrayed him and left him a little bit. He looked a little rough on the weekend. A little bit, but you say that, but he still even had the speed on eighteen on the final round, the seventy second mm -hmm. hole. He played. The I speed mean, was still he there. Still hit it over three hundred yards. So as far as Technically, with the swing, he still has that speed. Now, you're right. He was laboring coming yeah. up 18, but 
it has to be a good sign that the swing held up for 72 holes. Yeah, it uh, did. The putting stroke did not. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, no, the putter abandoned him after 36, said, I'm out. Yeah. I loved what T-Dub said on the radio show. Say it, T-Dub. Oh, if it wouldn't have been the Scotty Cameron, he would have thrown it in Ray's career. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, it was, it was absolutely horrible uh, putting performance to watch. I will say this about Tiger, though. I think that it's like he alluded to throughout this whole process, right? He was like, you know, I can swing a club. I can play golf. I just can't walk very much. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's what showed coming up because, like Sam pointed out, yeah, the swing hold up pretty well. I mean, he probably hit his driver better on the weekend than he did uh, on during Thursday and Friday. Yeah, so ton of fairways on the weekend. I mean, there was a lot of parts in his game that looked solid. I mean, the iron play all week was a little bit off, especially the Tiger standards. But, you know, just ultimate point, like I said, that putter, it was uh, – his putting round on on Saturday, there was only one player in the field who had a worse putting round out of any of those, and that was Gary Woodland on, on Friday. So it was absolutely horrible for Tiger. But it is looking optimistic – for the rest of this year and his potential to win more majors. It did seem like Southern was a little skeptical, though, yeah, Sam, but um, we'll, we'll wait on that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that after the break because I do want to get your guys' thoughts on that. But as far as – want to get Jim Woodward's thoughts on us, too. Jim Woodward's, what, what, yeah. what is going to join us after Absolutely, the break? absolutely. Yeah. The thing about Tiger, guys, that I saw is that he just needs more competitive rounds. The problem is I don't know if we're going to get any of those. And, Colby, I want to ask you – I talked to T-Dub about it yesterday – Yes, the putter did leave him, which was very unfortunate because we were never really worried about the putter leaving him, and it just shows how much different playing golf versus playing competitive golf is, and he needs to get more rounds under his belt. The problem is before Southern Hills, I don't know where he would play. Maybe TPC Potomac, where the Quail yeah. Hollow tournament would have been, but other than that, he's not going to play at the Zurich, he, and you, you can tell me what other tournaments he might play. He's not playing at the RBC next week. There's not that much time before Southern Hills. I don't think, you know, that if we do see him at Southern Hills, that we will see him before that. And that's unfortunate because I do think he needs those competitive rounds under his belt. But I don't know. Physically, he only knows whether he can do that or not. Yeah, in the past, he's talked a lot about reps. And now he's talking less about reps and more about rehab. And that makes sense. I mean, the leg's still mangled. It's still not right. He's still limping up and down the golf course. I'd be shocked if he played before Southern because he made it sound like Southern is very much. Yeah. Honestly. Let's just go ahead and talk about that. Dude, I I was shocked. I don't think he sounded optimistic about Southern. I really don't. I I think it might be below 50% at Southern right now based on what he said. And this was an interview with Sky Sports, which is over in Britain. And he said, I will be at St. Andrews. He goes, Southern Hills is up in the air right now. I think St. Andrews is July. Southern is May. So right. two, two more months if he waits till St. Andrews. I thought but. that he might have been playing in Augusta to get ready for Southern Hills and St. Andrews because, you know, it was a good place to come back. Obviously, great success at the Masters. He goes out. He makes the cut. I do think he thought he might have a chance to win, but I think that most of all, I, I think that it, it gave him a chance to win a major, but I think that more than that, I think that Tiger wanted to test it out on a major championship-like course and just see if he could do it, and he did do it. So that's why it surprised me a little bit when he said that I might not be at Southern Hills. Well, it just he sounded very similar like that to where he did before he played this tournament. I mean, it didn't seem like he's very optimistic in his words that he was going to play this, and that's what I was going off of, and how'd that do for me? Not very well. So I, I just I think that there's, here's the thing you got to ask yourself, right? 
I guess what would have to happen in the next six weeks for him to not play Southern? I mean, he, he would have to be have yeah. a setback, right? But body doesn't bounce back because you also have to keep in mind he had just come off of seventy two holes at Augusta after practice rounds. So yesterday when he talked to Sky Sports, that was probably as bad as his body has felt in a long right. time. Give him two three weeks to rehab ice, get back to where he's kind of feeling good and starting to build some more strength, and maybe he'll have a different tone of voice when talking about Southern Hills. Right, and the thing about Southern is. You know, everyone talks about the big hill by 18 and 9, but it's relatively flat once you get out on the course. It's a lot easier course to walk than Augusta National well, is. And, and it's a lot easier course to hit golf shots off of because you will get a, a good number of flat lies at Southern Hills. Although, no, I mean, it's known for, you know, hanging lies in the fairway at Southern Hills, but... But not as much as But Augusta. not like Augusta National. The, the shot, was it Friday on number nine whenever he let go of it, ball was below his feet, yeah. he just flared it out to the right fringe. Like, you could tell hey. the downslope, ball below his feet, he was very uncomfortable physically having to hit that the shot. The biggest shot that I saw Tiger hit was the shot over the trees on 14. Yeah, I mean, on the, the recoil. Yeah, I mean, I could not believe, number one, that he even tried to do that physically, but it worked. Like, it, it, it held up. Did you see him meditate before the shot, too? Yeah. He, he like, lowered his, his head, head and closed yeah. his eyes as if he was preparing his body for what was coming he up. Was probably, he was probably just, like, thinking to himself, man, I hope this security guard doesn't chase up my ankle again. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what, a bad day, what a bad day that was. That so, was in that exact same spot. Yes. And, and Tiger mentioned this after his round. He said that, you know, Bobby Jones, when he first built Augusta, probably wanted it to be more like Link style, where the tee boxes are right off of the greens, right? Yeah, he goes, and, that, mm-hmm. that's not the modern game anymore. No, it's not. And even with the tee box, they moved back at Southern. There's still a good amount of tee boxes that are just right by the greens, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, you, whenever you add how much you have to walk in there, yes, there are a lot of holes that have some undulations to them, especially 18, which we can probably name the Darren Clark Hill after what we heard uh, last year. <laughs> <laughs> but and So I, I think that it's it's progressive steps, right? Because Augusta is probably the one of the hardest courses to walk, especially when you talk about an older course. St. Andrews is probably, from what everyone says, the easiest course to walk because it's yeah. flat. And the definition of links, the tee boxes are just right there. Southern Hills is somewhere there in the middle, probably a little bit more towards the Augusta side on hard courses to walk. But at the same time, it's going to for it to be an easier test to walk and an extra six weeks or five weeks, however long it is, to get ready, I, I would be utterly shocked if he doesn't play Southern. You know, I love that you say that. Wow, it's kind of weird. T Dub is saying he's playing and I'm not. What the heck? Oh, by the way, I want my canes. I want my canes. I want my chicken. I want my fries. I want my toast. I want my pizza. Well, I lost my pizza, my pizza, actually. Oh, yeah. Sam I, 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 re, I, re, I, I doubled down and said, I'll take Cam Smith versus Scotty Scheffler. So I lost my pizza. Did that you I get won. odds? You were going in three shots down. Yeah, you but had I to was, get odds. Dude, I and just was, wanted the feeling of it. I just I, I wanted to say, Cam Smith was three down, and, and I want another pizza on T-Dub. <laughs> so the, the opposite of the happiness hitch. Because I was telling right. Kobe yeah. before he got here, I said, I got to watch Tiger play, and I only owe one Canes throughout this whole week. This is absolutely magic. I couldn't imagine actually getting something and watching Tiger play. That's as, that's as good as you could have hoped for. Oh, absolutely. Dude, I think I think I got a little bullish because we, we were live. It was like the first part of the show, and I was just You were like, just feeling yourself. I was feeling myself. I, I had a really good feeling about Cam Smith, and then he goes out and birdies the first two holes. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was looking good. It was and, looking good. And then, you know, Scotty Scheffler slammed the pin going Mach 7. <laughs> and, and so what do you do whenever, like, you're, you, you're sports betting, right, and you see that there might be an error on the sports book side? What do you do? Jump on that bet and you run Although, with it. Although, I will I, say – I, I did make a sizable wager this week on Tiger Woods making the cut, and it hit at even money. Nice. Once that was he, a great bet, by uh, the way. Once he was playing, 
I mean, like I said, I would have been more shocked if he withdrew than if he didn't miss if he missed the cut. By because, the way, can we talk about some of the monsters who missed the cut? How about Xander? Brooks, yeah, who were your guys' speed. biggest disappointments? Xander made one birdie in thirty six. Brooks has got to be my biggest disappointment. Brooks is up there Brooks, for me, because, guys. Can I say something? Yeah. And, and this might this might be a hot take. I don't know if it is or not. I think this is the low point for Jordan Spieth. Missing the cut at Augusta National, we talked a, a about place it. that he calls home and, and was so good at for so long. He's so deep inside his head with his golf swing. I don't know how he gets back to a point where he's hitting it at, at an elite level. And I really think missing the cut at the Masters, he was struggling in 2020 and he was what? T3 or something, or T11. Yeah. He just always plays well at Augusta. And to miss the cut there, I think, is a low point for Jordan Spieth. I've done a lot of talking this week, so I can't remember who said it to me. Yep. But someone told me this week on the radio at some point that Jordan Spieth had the perfect swing for Augusta National, but now he changed it. And then he, yeah, and then he screwed it up. And, and now he's not only, he didn't change to anything, he's still searching. And, well, that, that, and it's searching in professional golf you're right. will make you miss cuts. Well, that's the thing. It's I don't think Spieth even knows how he wants to swing the club. I mean, and yeah. we, you know, look on the two guys. We keep talking about the swing, but we've alluded to it transitioning into his other game. I mean, he's losing point three strokes on the green this year. The last two years at Augusta, he finished t three last year and lost point seven two on the greens. I mean, the <laughs> and first, I also I, I want to bring up the I, I want to expand on that point. Why he had such a good swing for Augusta was because he never missed left right. ever. Right, and yeah. now he's missing. He's playing army golf, yeah, left, ways. right, left, both ways. Well, we, we talked about how, like with Scheffler, right? It's the, this is a classic. You hit one good shot, and and you can still make par. And with the way his putting is right now, he's if he hits if he's not hitting his irons absolutely pure like he did in the final round. At Valero, he's going to struggle to make pars. And yeah. he's not able to take – not only is he going to struggle to make pars, but he's struggling with whenever he does hit it to 15 to 20 feet. He used to make a lot of those birdie putts, and now he's just not doing it. Cole. And another reason I think he's not making as many of those birdie putts is because he's missing so many tap-ins. He's missing so many putts inside three feet that I think he's really scared to hit the birdie putts more than a foot by, and, and he's not giving them the pace he needs. I just think he's so in his head with the golf swing, and now it's translated to the putter. I mean, I saw a screenshot of Jordan's directly underneath the hole, like 15 inches, and it was just a screenshot, and the caption was, this didn't go in. I don't think it's translating to the putter. I think he's neglecting the putter right Could now. Be. Could he's be. He's neglecting. Yeah. He's clearly spending all of his time trying to make this swing change for no reason after he had his best year in years last year, and all of a sudden, the putting's going away. Why? He's not spending as much time on it. Well, and I, I think you, whenever you do that, too, you put a lot more pressure on it, right? Because you're not having as many birdie opportunities as you did. So when they come around, you feel like you have to make them. But then to Colby's point, you feel like you need to make the birdie, but you feel like you don't want to make a bogey. Yeah. So, the, so then you're not able to... It's in so, your head. Let's put it this way. Scotty Scheffler's hitting three-footers when he has a five-shot lead on 18th green at Augusta. Firmer than Spieth <laughs> probably is hitting 15-footers for birdie on Thursday. No, you're absolutely right. All right, that we covered a ton of ground. Let's take a break. Come back. We're going to talk to Woody. Woody's going to give all his thoughts about the Masters, Scotty Scheffler, the way he's playing, his golf swing, all of it. You're going to ask him about being a side. new girl dad? I will, I will get Woody's advice on being a new girl dad. <laughs> uh, and then I'll, I might even talk a little bit about week one as a dad, what week one was like right. uh, with Layla here at the house and her first Masters experience it was a good week to bring her by the way board. i met layla this morning she's so cute she's an angel man she's an absolute angel thank god right. she looks like her mom oh no doubt i'll show you a baby picture of dana during the break <laughs> she does look like her mom yeah. spitting image so no dana just showed it to me oh, when i walked see? in the door she, yeah i was like you know i can't really tell who she looks like 
And then she showed me a picture of her as a baby, and it looks yeah. exactly Yeah, and it was like, same. hallelujah, praise Jesus. She looks like Dana. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to take a break. Come back on the other side. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. We are back rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Glad everybody is with us on this Monday. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole, Instagram 73rd hole, where we have our uh, great Nick Faldo signed squares going off this week. We're going to be announcing that toward the end of the show today. We'll announce the winner. Great contest there that we put together with squares. And make sure you head over to golfoklahoma.org as the PGA Championship at Southern Hills is rapidly approaching. But now it is time to welcome in the and the myth, Jim Woodward. Woody, what another unbelievable master. Scotty Scheffler, four wins and six starts. Number one player in the world. Wins his first start as number one and does it in pretty impressive fashion. Woody, the Masters just never disappoints. Yeah, and, and I'm sitting here thinking, did any one of us pick him? I know I my dummy didn't. I didn't pick him. Did any of you guys pick Scotty Scheffler to win the Masters? I did not. No, no. fortunately, I, no, did, I not, did not. Woody. Well, See, that makes me feel better. I'm not the only moron. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Gee whiz, guys, what were we thinking? I mean, he's only the hottest player on the planet Earth. And I I got to tell you guys something, though. Watching him over the weekend, for sure, when the weather conditions were rough on Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday was a little better day. But I had no idea that boy could chip his ball as good as he can chip. I, I was just flabbergasted. Just just think about yesterday, okay? Let's not even talk about the whole golf tournament. And one of you guys need to tell me, how many greens did he hit this week? Because I don't know. You guys are my stats guys. But that up and in on one, uh, we don't even, you don't even know how good that is. He's trying to land that golf ball on a little bitty circle on that green to get it to release and roll down the way he did. And he made it look easy. Um Number three, we don't even need to talk about how in the world did he hold that shot, which completely changed the whole golf tournament. You guys know that. We've all played enough golf to know that that thing's going south for Sheffler. He's not swinging at it good. He's, he's lost two shots first two holes. He comes up short after that terrible drive, and then Kim Smith gives him the opportunity of a lifetime, and he comes up short, and then Scottish holds the thing. Are you kidding me? And then he yanks that four iron on four over there left, where 
that's no bargain. And he chips it down there to about two feet. On the back nine, he hit a number of good chips. Um, anyway, I, I, I just, I have not watched him play that much golf. But now that I watched him over that whole week, I'm going to tell you, I'm impressed. Very impressed. Woody, we talked about on the radio show about Scotty Scheffler's footwork, and and I want you to tell our podcast listeners about that as well. You know, it looks unconventional, but you brought up a good point that it's very comparable to Greg Norman, Um, and obviously Greg Norman was one of the greatest drivers of the golf ball of all time. Uh, What makes Scotty Scheffler so consistent, not only with the footwork, footwork but with the full swing as well um and what do you see in his game uh that you don't think this is just a flash in the pan well he does two things really good sam we talked about it when he sets up to a golf ball he does it the same way every time and i mean his setup position is perfect uh he just he looks comfortable over the golf ball and i, I mean most tour players do but he really looks comfortable if you'll notice the start of his round, the only thing that's scary about that footwork is you best be committed to it. And so when that right foot slides back, just like Greg Norman did, it allows him to really fire his left side through the golf ball, which in tune will create that little cut shot that he loves. You know, watching him try to hook a ball was probably the best uh, circus I'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> He don't look comfortable drawing the golf ball with his wood. Now, he hit some really cool-looking shots with irons. Uh, one of them on 15 when he hooks it around the tree when Dottie Pepper was saying he's lining up with a nine iron. So, uh, you know, oops, sorry, Dottie, you missed that one. Um, but if you look at that footwork, that right leg sliding back like that, all that does is in tune fire his left hip, which then – he clears rapidly where that golf club can go from a very upright position at the top of the swing down to a shallower position and exit really left, which is a great shot to fade it. If you're a little nervous and you tend not to fire the left hip, guess what? You move in front of the ball, then your hands flip, and what you see is a lot of left shots, which one, two, three, and four, he was not what I call a stellar player on those holes, but he righted the ship, and uh, he just, his short game is so good. His attitude is so good. He's unflappable. I mean, he's one of those guys that if he doesn't stay around for a long time, and luckily he's got Randy Smith as his golf coach, Randy's not going to touch that golf swing. I can tell you right now. If that boy goes south in any way, he'll work with him mentally, but he's not going to work – He's not going to work on that golf swing. That golf swing something Scheffler's done his whole life. Sam, you played golf with him. Did it look any different when he was a kid? A little bit. Now, he casted it a little bit at the top when he was younger. He fixed that. But other than that, the footwork looks the same, and and it's relatively the same golf swing. Yeah. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Hello, Jordan Spieth. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just so easy to fall into that trap out there, though, guys. When you've won four times out of six tournaments, I'm not – no way in no shape how can it stay. Can he keep winning that much? It's just not the nature of the game. And if he doesn't, for goodness sakes, don't go, uh-oh, what's wrong? Let me fix something. No, it, golf is a game. We, we talked about it on more than one occasion. Back when I actually could play a little bit, I'd play between 28 and 30 tournaments. 10, I knew I'd play real good. 10, I'd play so-so. And 10, I'd play horrible. 
and I, you just don't know when they're coming. And you hit a streak, you ride it for as long as you can ride it, and then when it stops, you go, "Hey, boy, wasn't that fun?" I'll wait around. I'm gonna get another chance at it. And you and you watch the bank account just increase the whole time that you're doing it, Woody. Especially for Chef, I can't imagine the amount of money he's made over the last few weeks. Going back to your uh, GIR question, he hit 50 greens this week out of the 72. Obviously, that is that was tied for fifth on the week. The only people higher were Rory, Kevin Nash, Schwartzel, and Cameron Champ. Um, right. Kind of staying on the uh, the swing track, Woody. Getting off of uh, Scotty was the guy in his final group, Cameron Smith. And you know, there's there's probably two or three tournaments a year, guys, where. I just want to jump through the television screen and give like a five-minute lesson to whoever I'm watching because, you know, watching Cam yesterday, the swing got so much more across the line than it ever was, and the club was just not getting set at the top. You could tell that everything was moving so quick and that everything was just out of transition. Did you see anything else, Woody, that that resulted to to Cam hitting? Because, I mean, he could not hit – he couldn't hit the driver at all yesterday, and the the irons even left. And he was dead last in the left miss. He missed left more than any person off the tee in the Masters. Well, and he's got one of two shots when he gets across like that because – if you also look at the club face at the top, it's shut. It's it's Dustin Johnson type shut. I mean that that club face is pointed straight up to the sky. Now that's dead close for your viewers or your listeners out there. I'm telling you what, when it's that shut at the top, you better make darn sure you do something at the bottom. Now when he crosses the line, Taylor, you're spot on. When he's crossed the line as much as he has he's going to have a tough time getting the club back to square. He's either going to be wide open with the eight iron on, on 12 where he kind of blocked it, or he's going to shut it so much that he's going to hit that duck hook. Um, you know, I, I don't know who teaches him. Uh, I'm sure that guy saw it too, and he would love to jump through the screen just like you said. Um, but when you're in that heat of that battle, um, I, you know, it's just really tough to feel – anything because you're just a nervous wreck and uh that's why uh, if you go back to if i got two golf swings i'm looking at i love scheffler's i love scheffler's he's he's got that one miss and he knows what it is and he knows how to fix it obviously because he did it uh, you know he righted that ship now he he hit a couple of more what i call a little bit loose shots on 12 and and on 10 that 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 seven iron he's got from the middle of the fairway on 10, I couldn't believe he hit it left of the green. He's got Cam Smith in the woods where Smokey the Bear might live, and he's right out there in the fairway. Hit the middle of the green, you know, he can putt. If not, too putt, get a par, keep the pressure on him. And when he yanks that ball over there to the left, I thought, oh, man, why do you guys keep making this so hard? And uh, – it's easy for me to say. I'm sitting drinking a beer and having a Cuban cigar. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really easy for me to call that. But uh, I think every once in a while, when he kind of gets a little gun shy, meaning Scheffler, when he when he just doesn't, and when he's not fully committed to that golf swing, he's got a little bit of a tendency to hit it left. Cam Smith, he's got some what I'd call some flaws. He, he's going to have to work on that driver. I really believe that. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, I want to ask you about the shot that he hit into Ray's Creek on number 12. 
he insists that he wasn't trying to go at that flag, that it was just a bad golf swing. He said afterward, I, I wasn't trying to go at the flag. I wasn't trying to go near the pin. Just a really bad swing at a bad time. You look at his alignment, he sure looked like he was aimed at the right fringe, trying to draw it in yeah. there, and maybe he just yeah. stood up out of it and flared it out short yeah. to the right. But I was curious what you yeah. thought about kind of maybe the strategy on 12 and maybe his mind didn't match up with what his body was trying to do there. Well, it, it's really tough when he's got an eight iron in his hand, and he's only played at Augusta three times. Uh, anybody that's played there a lot of weeks or a lot of tournaments knows that's just one hole that you don't get froggy on. You, you got a lot of birdie chances coming up. That's that's a hole that the really great players will tell you they aim it right over the middle of that bunker, and they try like heck to just hit the middle of the green and, and find a way to two putt and get a three and get out of there because. I've told that story, I think, to you guys before. The one time I got to play at Augusta, and it wasn't in the tournament. I was just lucky enough to get a chance to play the course. My caddy that day told me I had to hit that shot 150 yards, and there was no wind, so it wasn't that difficult, I didn't think. Uh, and he looked at me, and he says, Boss, you got to hit this ball 150 yards because if you hit it 155 or 145, we're going to make a five. <laughs> and, and, and it's always stuck in my head that that guy said that to me. So every time I watch that hole, I just think, you know, when you look back on Saturday, you know, Tiger flew that ball up into those trees. Uh, he hit it right through the wind. That's why I always tell you guys that wind on that hole is the scariest shot in golf. I think Cameron Smith subconsciously was only three back. He knew he had a shot at him, right? Still, he still thought he was in that golf tournament, didn't he? And right. I don't know why, but I think somewhere in his brain, he was still thinking, hey, I'm going to try to hit it up there close. If I can make a two or if I can hit it in there really close, I'm going to put even more pressure on this guy. And he just hit the wrong shot at the wrong time. And all of a sudden, he went from thinking, I'm going to win the golf tournament to, uh-oh, and now what am I going to finish? And he's not the first. Let's go back through the years, and you, we can talk over and over again to people that have missed that shot to the right. And the only one that got away with it was Fred Couples. That's the only one I know of. Right. And, uh, Woody, I want to get back to the front nine a little bit. Obviously, Cam Smith gets off to the hot start on number one and number two. Then we get to number three, and I think that the chip-in, whether you think it was uh, – it was obviously a little bit of luck because I don't think uh, that Scotty Scheffler, you know, was expecting to make that chip, obviously. But uh, he was just trying to get it somewhere up there, you know, around, you know, six to ten feet just to uh, – give himself a chance at par, but I think that it was one of the most important shots in Masters history because it totally flipped the script and Cam Smith started pressing where Scotty Scheffler even talked about how nervous he was before that round and he hadn't settled into that round until he chipped in right there and then Cam Smith went on to bogey the next hole and then I want to talk about the fact that Scotty Scheffler topped Cam Smith on six on the par saves, on seven on the birdies, uh, and then the putt of the day, you know, just the onions to make that putt on number 11 after Cam Smith had made the birdie. Uh, That's when I knew Scotty Scheffler was going to win the tournament even before Cam Smith hit it in the water on 12. Uh, But where do you, do you agree with me that that was just one of the most important chip-ins in Masters history? Oh, by far. And I think Cam Smith made a huge mistake hitting it short there. Mm-hmm. If he gets that ball on the green, as good as he puts, he just puts that much more pressure on on Scheffler. And and so 
I, you know, it's hard to say exactly. That was only the third hole, but I, I almost have to agree with you, Sam. At that time, it changed everything because Scheffler was leaking oil. He was not hitting it well. He looked uncomfortable. For the first time in the whole week, he looked uncomfortable to me, and he needed something to stop that train that was running over him at that time. And I guess when you go back through the annals of golf, whether it's majors or you're just playing with your buddies, you at some point you pull one shot out of your proverbial butt. <laughs> and and you know what? It changes the whole world. Now, you're right, Sam. He still had 15 holes to go. So it wasn't like that made or broke him one way or the other, but it did stop the bleeding. You called it best. What he did, those next few holes, that he was able to, whenever Cameron Smith put some heat on him, he made those critical putts. Right. And he also made those critical chip shots that he needed to, to not make bogeys and to keep that thing afloat. So I would I would say, well, he missed 22 greens for the week, and he still finished 10 under. If you, you take away that four putt, whatever the heck that was on the last <laughs> hole, I mean, he should have been 12 under when we get right down to it. I think that's a perfect example when a guy, when you fought that battle for so many holes, all of a sudden the brain just shuts down. It's over, and he knows it's over, but he hadn't quite got that ball in the hole yet. That's the only reason he four putts. His mind lost his focus all week, all week, all week, and that's what's incredible. That for seventy-one plus holes, almost seventy-one, almost finished. It wasn't till he actually had it won, and he'll look back on that. I know he was laughing on eighteen. He'll look back on that, and that was a good lesson for him in a way. Finish the battle, get it done. You know, Tiger Woods wouldn't have four putted to win. He wouldn't have. I'm telling you, he wouldn't have. In fact, he didn't. He was winning by 12 that one year, and he still two-putted the last hole, if you remember correctly. Right. So, and almost had the exact same touch he got he had coming back. So, I think Scheffler, even though he's excited as hell, he should have learned something there because you, boy, you just don't lay your, you just don't lay down until you're done. Then you can lay down. And, uh, but other than that, God, he played good, didn't he? Gee, many Christmas. He putted the ball so beautifully for 72 holes. Uh, he deserved to win the golf tournament. There's no doubt about that. That was the best player that week. You know, I was a big fan of Max Homa's tweet. You know, if you're going to four putt on 18 to win by three, you might as well six putt, win by one, just to say you did it um, at that point. <laughs> playing a little bit of Plinko out there. So I, I thought that was an all-time tweet. But, Woody, I want to ask you about the best backdoor golfer of all time, and that is Rory McIlroy, finished second this week. Goes 73-73 the first two days. Shoots one of the best rounds of his career, 64 on the last round. But, Woody, it just seems like in the regular tournaments – Rory gets out to such a big lead, and then he has a, a bad back nine or a, a yeah bad last round because the last two years he's been around fourth and sixteenth in in scoring average. Been in the final round scoring, he's around eightieth um, both years. Right. And then it seems like you know he's been notorious for in the majors of, of playing really bad the first day or two, and then just having the best weekend out of anyone out there. So I mean, uh, what do you think's going on in Woody's or in uh, Rory's head, Woody? That's a, that's kind of a mouthful there. Yeah, he, he, you know, I, again, you know, I remember this weekend, uh, Craig and Sam were asking me about what Tiger Woods has got to do. And I'm thinking, hey, he's won 15 majors. I won none. Uh, I don't know what he's got to do. He obviously figured it out. Uh, Rory's the same kind of golfer. I, I, I think almost what you see in Rory 
is he, when he knows he doesn't have a chance, all of a sudden he just kind of goes to playing golf, doesn't he? He doesn't really worry about where it's going and he doesn't get frustrated. He looked like he was out there having fun. Now, he had a great pairing in Cole and Markawa. Yeah, and they both fed off each other beautifully. The hardest thing in the world is to play in a twosome when the other guy's, you know, going for a million. Uh, it, it really helps when the other guy's playing good, too. You kind of build off each other, and you, you, you're enjoying the day. Every time I, I, I would look at my final pairing, sometimes on Sunday, there were some I went, oh, darn. And then there was others, like, I was really excited. Uh, one of the most guys that was the most fun to play with was Fred Couples. And why? Because Freddie looked like he never gave a rat's patooey about anything, did he? <laughs> He's just out there making it look so easy. And I would always say to him, I'd, I'd say, you really frustrate me in a way. You don't even look like you care, and you beat me about five all the time. And uh, that's what Rory looks like when he's out of the golf tournament. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, well, I'm, I've shot myself in the foot now. Let's just go. And, and what was really funny about that, when you look at Rory, how good he was playing – but when he really had a chance to really make it interesting, the par five fifteen, where did he hit his tee shot? Left. Yeah, yep. left. Yep. Killed himself. Killed himself. If he could make a three somehow, man, maybe the world's going to change even more so, right? But when he had the chance to really apply the pressure, he didn't do it. You know, he wasn't able to hit the best tee shot there to give him a chance at Eagle. He didn't hit a really good shot on 16. Then he hits that bad hook on 17 and kind of takes him out. And then he holds the bunker shot on 18 to get to 64. But do you think he played those last four or five holes guys the way he should have? No, because, I mean, going to your point about missing a left, he hit it, a lot of people won't remember, he hit it in the in right. the fairway bunker on 18, yeah. too, so that's three straight left misses. Yeah, he played the last, yeah. you know, four or five holes terrible and still played them one under somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somehow, and that's because he's a world-class player. But it, the, the, when it looked like he might could go and shoot maybe 63, 62 and get into the house, you know, with a couple more under par, you know, it's – it's like we always say, ifs and buts, you know, that, that we, we, we're not going to have a Merry Christmas unless you're Scotty Scheffler. So, um, Scheffler did the things he had to do to win the golf tournament. The other guys came close, but they found a way to kind of step on themselves just enough that it allowed him the closest it got for him, for, 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 for Scheffler was those first three holes when, when, Smith got off with birdie birdie so it, that leads only one after that hole his lead jumped to three and it never got less than that the rest of the day Woody I don't know if you heard Brandel last night compare Scotty Scheffler to a guy that you know very well Bob Tway um, and he said that the meteoric rise of uh, of Scotty Scheffler was similar to Bob Tway now um, he was kind of giving some, uh, you know, warning to Scotty Scheffler because, you know, what hurt Bob Tway was when he tried to change his swing. Um, you know, yeah. do you compare the two? Do you, would you agree with Brandel on that comparison? I know, you know, obviously Tway won uh, the PGA and the Player of the Year that year. Um, right. So, I mean, do you kind of compare the two, or do you think that Scotty Scheffler uh, will, you know, kind of have a more consistent career than Bob Tway had? Well, you know, I kind of beat up on old Brandel. I, I really do. Some of the things he says are spot on. It's just some of the things he says, I go, uh, he's trying to stir the pot. Um, <laughs> I think he's right on with this one. And I know of only one golfer 
literally only one golfer that I can think of that changed his swing multiple times and still was successful, and that was Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. And I always said, why couldn't I have got to teach Tiger Woods? Because, <laughs> are you kidding me? Holy he was going to figure out what you were teaching him is what you're saying? <laughs> Hey, he's going to do what he's going to do. And the, the guy <laughs> teaching him just kind of riding along in the cart going, hey, yeah, nice shot, buddy. Um, <laughs> you know, what an easy job. I'm going to be Tiger Woods' coach. <laughs> well, just stay out of his way for crying out loud. Um, you know, and he's the only one. All these other guys, if you go back through the, the history books and you look at a guys, especially in, let's say, the last 25 years that have tried to – change their golf swings and I don't knock them because what are they trying to do They're just trying to get better right which that's the cardinal sin You're, it, the problem with golf is we always think well I can be better I can get better I can get better and sometimes you do the right things and get better and other times you go backwards and the hardest thing to do once you started going backwards is to right the ship and then to get back on that saddle and play the kind of golf that you were playing before you decided that you had to change everything. So I, I don't see it in Scheffler guys. I just don't think he's going to all of a sudden say, Hey, I'm going to change my footwork and I'm going to start trying to draw the golf ball. Uh, if he does somebody get him, get him, get his telephone number to me. Okay, please. <laughs> and I'll call him and say, Hey, you moron, you idiot. <laughs> what are you doing? And he'll go, Hey, thanks for your call. Bye. And hang up and he'll still do what he thinks he wants to do, but he's not going to change. I really don't think his coach, Randy Smith would never change. him. hadn't done it yet. Won't do it. Uh, just like Matthew Wolf's coach is not going to change him, no matter how much Matthew's struggling right now. We all know he'll find it again. He he's just that kind of player. He kind of has that ebb and flow where he's either really on or he's not on very well. So I hope Scheffler stays the course. Um, can he keep this going? I don't think he can. But if even if he doesn't, don't don't panic and don't all of a sudden say, "Oh, I need to rework my golf." And you know what, he brought up Tiger a lot in that comparison there. And, you know, obviously he was by far the biggest storyline at, at the course this week. So not only just what were your expectations on what you saw from Tiger, but what do you expect to see from him going into the next uh, few months? You kind of made Southern Hills a little bit of a question mark said he played at St. Andrews. So what do you expect to see from Tiger, not just the next few months, but actually the next few years? I think that was a big step for him. I think he really, really wanted to see what he could do. I think he got kind of a bad deal with the weather being as cold and windy and ugly. Uh, but he was going to struggle walking 72 holes there. And that's why I'm sure he's a little bit gun-shy of Southern Hills because it's not even close to Augusta. But it's a it's a pretty good walk around those hills. They call it Southern Hills for a reason. Um, I still think he'll play. And the reason why I think he'll play is because that golf course sets up really good for him. You don't have to bomb at it. Southern Hills. It's a it's a strategic type of golf course where you got a lot of dog legs. Um, I haven't played it since it's redone. I mean, Kerry's uh, uh, invited me up there a number of times. I can't thank him enough. It's just I don't play a lot of golf these days. And if I'm passing on Southern Hills, you can really tell I don't play a lot of golf. <laughs> but um, I, I understand they took a lot of trees out. Uh, and, and if you guys have they played did. it, you can probably you can probably relate a lot better. 
I probably wouldn't recognize the golf course, but I still hope that it's not just a bomber's course where they can just hit it anywhere. Cause that was always what made Southern Hills so good. Well, you had to, you had to really watch where you put your golf ball off the tee. And that was what enabled what do, you to then go at some of those greens. What do you, I, I really think you would like the changes. The only hole that, that looks a whole lot different is number two. They took a lot of trees out on the right um, and, and made okay. that fairway a little wider. But, you know, looking forward to Southern Hills real quick, um, you know, I, I think they made it actually harder off the tee and put more of a premium on putting your driver in the fairway. Like, they, they moved Good. the bunker farther up on number uh, on number 12 and kind of made that hole uh, what, you know, it was meant to be back in the day before uh, technology took over the game. So I think you'll actually Good. like it. Good. Good, good. I, I, I look forward to watching it. And like I said, I, I doubt I'll get up there to play, but I look forward to looking at it and changing it. Number two, I'm good with that because number two, it looked like every time I ever played number two, I was trying to hit it on uh, two lanes of I-35. It was the <laughs> tightest looking hole I'd ever seen in my Especially life. Especially if and, you get that and, south wind off the left. Oh, God, it was just darn near impossible to hit the fairway. And it was already a long par four. It wasn't like it was some gimme par four to begin with. And then you had to just stripe a driver, which I never did. Um, but I I look forward to Tiger playing. I think he will. He'll have a month to rest, six weeks to rest. He'll, he'll go home and he'll do a lot of rehab because that wore him out. That was tough. That was a tough four days for him. But I can't imagine him letting that major go by. I just can't. I think he'll play all four majors. Uh, where else he'll play, I don't know. I would say maybe later in the year, given a little more time to get that leg even better, he might come out and play a little bit more at the end of the year. But uh, I still think he's 40, what is he, 46? 46. Or 45. 46. 46. 46, yep. He still knows that Mickelson won a major at 50. Right. He still knows that Jack won the Masters at 46. He he knows it's capable. Most most people, I'll be honest with you guys, most people I'd say, they haven't got a chance. <laughs> Him, yes, he does, and he will always have a chance. If he's putting the ball on a tee, he's got a chance because he wouldn't play if he didn't. He's just got too much pride. So we'll watch how this year unfolds. I do expect him to play in the four majors. I really do. I think he will play good in at least one or two of them. I think you might see him on the leaderboard in one of the two majors or three majors we have left, um, which will give him a lot of confidence, which will get him ready to get ready for 2023. I think in his mind, he thinks he can win at least three more to get to Jack's 18. But he's got to be really careful how he does it. And I think that was a big test for him last week. I think he found out he, he proved he could do a lot of things still good. Um, I've never been against him. I'll just tell you that, guys. I hope you're right about a lot of that stuff, Woody. We've gotten to a lot this morning, but it's time to get to the important stuff. Woody, I have an eight-day-old baby girl in the next room with my wife, and I want some parenting advice from what I'm sure is the master. What, what would you say oh, is the number one key to raising a daughter? Well, the first thing you've got to make sure you do is don't put a silver spoon in her mouth. Um, you know, in this world we live in now, she's got to be tougher than a boot. Uh, I was lucky. I got married a second time. And I married a pit bulldog that was raised by a Baptist preacher. And let me tell you something. This girl's heart is nails, but yet softest heart you'll ever meet. 
only thing I would tell you is I raised two girls and I might not have done the best job because I did put that silver spoon in their mouth and I didn't make them tough enough. Um, it's real easy to, when you have that little girl to just baby her. Um, don't if you can help it. It's, but I'm going to tell you, dude, it's the hardest thing in the world. They'll melt your heart. They're always going to melt your heart. They're yeah. always going to be daddy's girl. I would tell you, if your wife's game, get you another one in the oven as quick as you can. Hopefully it's a boy. <laughs> hey, Woody, I got to tell you that he's too far gone on that. I mean, as we're doing the podcast right now, Layla's already got him wrapped around her finger because he's wearing a girl dad shirt already right now. Yeah, she's too cute, oh, Woody. I yeah. can't put her down. I can't put her down. <laughs> I, 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 I get it. I Please, I totally understand it. And I, I'm sitting there telling you, how to do it and I, I'm not sure I did it very good although my <laughs> girls are just as sweet as they can be and I love them to death but they they have their moments where I go who the heck taught you that and you, well, you did that oh god <laughs> I, I dropped the ball so I really would I really would make her as strong as I could make her is what I would tell you buddy I, I really would I, I just I just make sure that she's tough enough to get through life um, no matter how many rocks are thrown at her, and don't don't let her be one of those uh, um, babies that just kind of oh no, I didn't get it my way. Uh, try your best. That's all I can tell you. But it's the greatest thing in the world to have a good woman. It's the greatest thing in the world to have kids. I I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Woody, you are the absolute man. Appreciate the advice and all the golf talk. Another great Masters. We look forward to uh, having you on a little more regularly and talking a lot of golf. Woody, you're the man. Let's do it, boys, because I enjoy listening to your all stories too. I, I've got a, I, I, I love getting to work with you guys because it's real easy for me in this age that I am that I want to tell you about all how it used to be. I, I need to hear how it is, and uh, there's a lot that goes on that I'm not up to date as I should be, and you two keep me as young as I can be, and I appreciate it. That's our man Jim Woodward joining us here on the 73rd hole. Love it whenever Woody takes some time for us. We've got some things in the works that hopefully Woody will be joining us more often to talk golf. Uh, I know everybody loves him coming on, giving his opinions. Very throwback style uh, with Jim Woodward and, and love the way he talks about Absolutely. the game and, and talking about Scotty Scheffler and his swing and all the things that he does that are just so natural to him. And hopefully he sticks with that because uh, he, he's playing phenomenal golf, obviously. Sam, you, you yeah, had some definitely more. Working. You said you had some more disappointments. I got a couple to get more to. disappointments. Number one is Dustin Johnson. Now, you might look at the scoreboard, leaderboard, and say, well, he finished tied for 12. What's disappointing about that? The disappointment is that he lost over half a shot putting again for a tournament, T-Dub. When is he going to consistently putt like he was in 2019 and 2020, or is that ever going to happen again? It's a good question. I think that whenever you talk about that, it's going to be – is he going to do it for just a tournament at a time, or can he go, you know, months upon end of of having a good putter? One thing, just that we've talked about this before, Dustin Johnson, probably one of the best drivers of the ball of all time. He couldn't even hardly hit a driver this week. He was hitting three woods off so many different yeah. tees, not able to find his driver. It's just imagine the one week that I picked best driver of all time. Can't, <laughs> can't hit his driver. He gets the driver, yep. <laughs> I, it's literally one tournament his entire life. And he actually was fairly hey, – Interesting point on that. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I, I was just going to bring up the, when my dad said, Colby hadn't heard this yet. He, my dad said on the radio show that he went out to the range and was watching Kepka next to DJ next to Jordan Spieth. Oh. And, and I think a couple other guys. I think Morikawa was up there maybe, and this was on like Wednesday. And he said, the sound that 
those guys make compared to Jordan Spieth right now. Oh, man. It's night and day. Remind me when we're at Southern not to watch Jordan Spieth hit range balls because I don't want it to mess up my swing. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I can watch it once every 10 minutes, but if I have to see it over and over again, it's going to mess up my swing. But the funny part about it, too, is that DJ's not even hitting it that great right now, especially with the driver. He's do- my dad said that when he was out there, DJ was doing a lot of driver work because he felt so uncomfortable with it. And um, someone on the broadcast showed the the – comparables how you know his driver swing he's getting under it where his iron swing he's he's right on top of it right you know right in the slot right money um you know so it's going to be interesting to see i think he'll get the driving figured out but the bigger question mark for dj to me is the putting tee I, I probably agree with you there. I mean, he ba- barely gained any strokes off the tee this week. Gained almost a full stroke approach to green and over a stroke around the green, so he was actually chipping very well. He was getting up and down a lot of places I didn't think he would. But, yeah, that, that putter is going to come back to bite him. I mean, looking at the guys on the top of the leaderboard, I mean, I'm having to scroll a long ways down to find anyone who was up that far on the leaderboard and, and lost that many strokes. Putting Hideki's the only other one on here that sticks out to me. So, yeah, definitely, uh, I don't know, Colby. Is Even though he's still using the same spider he was back then, I don't know if he'll be able to recreate that magic. It doesn't look the same right now for DJ, but I'll say this. He's very streaky with the putter. I mean, I I fully expect that there will be a a six-week span this summer where DJ just gets on a heater because that's what DJ does, right? He just kind of trots around for half the year, and then half the year, he just kicks it into gear and starts playing golf. So as much as I'm kind of doubting where his game's at now, I kind of feel like he's just pulling the okie doke DJ on us where we all get down on him for a little while, and then he just turns it into overdrive. You know who I don't expect to get on a heater anytime soon? Bryson. Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> I feel like he would have played better with a tennis racket and a Nerf football around Augusta National. I don't know if you it's guys saw that, but that was that was embarrassing. Before the round uh, with the Do Perfect guys, I, I didn't like that at all. But Bryson, man, that was just you know, horrendous golf from Bryson this week. And I feel like that, I mean, we called it right, guys. I mean, he shot 12 over, never had a chance to make the cut. I, did any of us think he was going to make the cut? I didn't. No. I mean, it's... No, th- there's nobody no, did. No, and there's no... There's nothing in his game that makes me it's say... Like, do you consider it a disappointment or... <laughs> right? Well, I, guess, I guess he did what everybody thought he was going to yeah. do. Well, what's funny, too, about it, guys, that I, I think is pretty ironic, is everyone talks about him and Augusta not having a chance because he doesn't have the green readings books. Well, he actually gained .05 strokes putting. He lost 1.5 around the green, 1.67 approach, and minus .66 off the tee. So 1.67 approach? Yeah. My God! Well, yeah. and that's been my. And qual- he only played two rounds. That's oh. been one of my qualms with Bryson about this whole distance thing. Is like, yeah, he's bombing it down there, but he has no distance control. And at Augusta National, that's the one thing you need is distance control. So I mean, it's yep. n- not even just you know looking at Bryson. He may come back th- this year and do it. I don't. I don't think he will ever contend at Augusta. It, National. It's almost like he a couple times a year he's able to dial in his distances, and then we get a winged foot or we get a bay hill where it's like the one or two times a year that he dials in the distances, and it's like, oh, my God, this guy's hitting miles. How's anybody going to beat him? And then he just goes back to being this guy who can't hit a green from 130 yards. And the other thing is we never see Bryson play well when it's windy. Because why? You have to guess. And Bryson can't guess. You have to have some feel. He he doesn't have the ability to guess. He's a linear guy. Everything has to add up. And sometimes when it's windy, things don't add up. You just have to be an artist like Scotty Scheffler is. By yeah, the way, have there no- ever been more question marks about the 19th and 20th ranked players in the world than there are about Bryson DeChambeau and Jordan Spieth? That's, <laughs> that's number 19 that's and point. 20 in the world. Major champions, both of them, and 
I mean, the question marks abound for both uh, of those guys. How far? How far did Spieth drop when he was in his slump? Like the seventieth? Oh in the world? no, he he no, was he was he, was, he, he wasn't outside right? the top one hundred. No, but I think he got in the nineties. So he's I'm pretty so, sure he got in the nineties. So 90s. isn't that funny? He's he's what twentieth or nineteenth now? Uh, Spieth is twentieth. Yep. So he's still twentieth in the world, and. I think people feel worse about his game than they did, and it's because it doesn't look good. It looks horrible. It looks so much different. It looks uncomfortable. I, it's you can tell that he is he is not playing by feel whatsoever. Him, him, Spieth and Bryson are by far the two biggest non-field players on the tour right now. It's not even funny. He got down to ninety second. Spieth did. My word. Yeah, ninety second is where he did too, which is I, unbelievable. I'm probably more optimistic about him then than I am now. You know who I am optimistic about is Scotty Scheffler at Southern Hills. He has gone on record multiple times as saying it is his favorite golf course. He was asked about it yesterday. Yesterday, after putting on a green jacket, he's like, you know, I love this golf course. I love Augusta National. But I've really got a special place in my heart for Southern Hills. He, I mean, he loves the place, and that's where they're headed next, and he's on a heater. I don't see any reason why he won't contend. I mean, in 2015 at the Big 12 Championship, 72, 67, 68, 73. As a freshman. As a freshman and won it. Won it. Won it it, at Southern Hills. Obviously, this is before the redesign. None of these were uh, after the redesign. He, he has not played it since the redesign. Exactly. And then 2018, he finished uh, in ten, or in fifth, excuse me, uh, shot 71, 75, 69, 70. So that's only one over par round, or two. Uh, also played the uh, 2014 Transmiss there, which was range shortened. Yep, yep. He finished 21st in that event. Yeah, so. I, I played in that too, and I didn't finish 21st. You didn't I, 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 missed, I missed the cut by a shot, but... No one, no one played after the cut uh, because it got rain shortened. And so you Bryce, play, Bryson won that tournament. So you played the same number of holes in 2014 as Scotty Scheffler and Bryson DeChambeau. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Not, not quite as good. Yeah, scores were similar. <laughs> I shot 74, 74. What did he shoot? Uh, I, I don't oh, have scores in front of me. Finished 21st. Yeah. yeah, so he beat me by about 25 spots. Yeah, but, and I'll, I'll say this, guys. I, looking at because with Tiger coming up, we looked at the schedule of tournaments he could possibly play. I mean, Scheffler may play one time before before the PGA. And I would say definitely right now, don't bet it because you might be able to get a little bit better odds. I'd be shocked if he doesn't finish in the top five. Do you uh, do you have the schedule pulled up in front of you? Mm-hmm. Rattle off real quick because I just want to see. Are there any big terms between now and then? Rattle off the terms between now and the PGA. Uh, this one is uh, this week, RBC Heritage, Harbor Town. We were actually talking about it. It's actually a really good field yeah, uh, compared if we don't have uh, the some, biggest hangover of the year. Yeah. Boy, but, there's but, no doubt about But that. not as bad of a hangover this year because the field, relative to a normal RBC Heritage field, is really good. So. And, and I think Harbor Town's one of the best courses they've I think they play we said that last day. year, too. Wasn't it a really good field last year as well? Uh, I can't remember. Bryson played in it last year. I remember, and I was shocked. He's played it. in it a few years. He, he actually plays really good there, but yeah, I do Mark not think Hall's this is the field this year. Cantlay's in the field. DJ. Cam Smith. Yeah, Berger, I think. I think so. Yeah, I think, yeah. Cam, so, yeah. A lot of good I players. I mean, it's really... So, yeah, we got that. We got JT. The, JT's playing this week. Yep. How, and then we have, speaking of JT, the next week's the Zurich, and I, I mentioned this yep. just kind of jokingly, but if Tiger was going to play before the PGA, wouldn't, it, wouldn't the best be the Zurich with JT? Uh... Yeah, absolutely. That would be cool. Yeah, team event just to go out and play some golf. It's not going. It's not going to happen. But no, it, it's it, not going to happen. It would be extremely badass. Is JT playing in that? I don't, don't think so. The only guys I know for sure that are in it are Morikawa and Hovland are teamed up, yeah. and Gooch and Homer are teamed up. Those yep. are the only ones I know for sure. I assume and Louis and Charles. I, assu- <laughs> I was going to say I assume we're going to get a Louis Charles if Louis's back from his neck injury. Yeah, right. and I assume that we're going to get a Cam Leishman. By the Cam way, Smith Leishman. By the way, I just have to mention it on the pod. I mentioned it on the radio. My guys from the Thunder broadcast that I work with, Bobby Thompson and Gideon Hamilton. Gideon picked. 
Paul Casey and uh, Bobby Pick Louie. Round of applause. <laughs> that is impressive. Two, two golfers, they got one round. One round in. <laughs> By the way, Paul Casey's back must be in bad shape. WD's yeah. from match play and yeah, WD's from Augusta. I'm laughing about the picks. It, yes, it, yes, yes. Bad. That's right. bad that, you know, we because Paul Casey was playing solid golf before the injury, mm-hmm. and I always loved watching Louie Ustazen at Augusta, so it was a shame he got hurt. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was good for Rory, though, because he got a solo second instead of a T2. So, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Louis hurting. I shouldn't make fun. <laughs> I shouldn't make fun while he's uh, down in the dumps a little bit there. All right. So remaining events got the new tournament, the Mexico Open, not the WGC Mexico. This is a Mexico Open at Vid- Vedanta, I believe is how you pronounce it. Yep. Then, then we have the, uh, you do not know that. <laughs> Cole, uh, Wells Fargo, not at Quill Hollow at TBC Potomac. Yep. Probably because the, the President's Cup. Literally yep. the only tournament that Tiger has a chance of playing and he won't play it. So let's, let's not even get our hopes up here. Then the next week, the week before, the PGA at AT&T Byron Nelson at Craig Ranch down in McKinney. Yeah. So, might actually, I might, this is definitely, this is very similar to the Prairie Dunes thing we did last year where it's like off the rails. I might try to go down for that event. I mean, that's yeah. what, only three hours away McKinney is? Yeah, it's close. It's the week before. I actually thought about going down to either Byron Nelson or Colonial this year, but man, the Tulsa, week before and the week after. I know. Tulsa's going to be such a long week. And with the new baby, there's no when way I'm going to be able to swing uh, a Texas you got to get Layla into the game, Cole. It's <laughs> never too early. When's the Big 12 down there? Uh, Big 12's at Whispering Pines. It's in April 25th, I think. Oh, is, is it, it really? Whispering Pines, not Trinity Forest? No, it's at Whispering, Whispering Pines, Pines down Pines, outside okay. Houston. Okay. Yeah, so it, it's a little bit further. Are you it's, sure? Yeah, yep. Oh, yeah, because okay. they. I was thinking it was Trinity. Force. I did too. I for some reason I did too, and uh, I, I think it's because quick, I think it's because Whispering Pines is in Trinity, Texas. If oh, I'm remembering right, okay. I think that's what tripped me up on it because I thought the same thing. I thought it was Trinity Forest and it's Whispering well, Pines. Well, the, the Big 12 women are at Houston Oaks, or the clubs at Houston Oaks in Houston. But let's get a men's here in one second. I'm, yeah, I'm fairly certain it's Whispering Pines. Dude, they, I, no, I believe you. I just had it in my head that it was at Trinity Forest. Because isn't it a three-course road yeah, between yeah, Southern Yeah, Hills? Whispering Pines Golf Club in, uh, in Trinity. Okay. In Trinity, Texas, yeah. So, so that's we, what, we won't be down there. Yeah, <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, that's a little far for a day trip <laughs> to go down to Houston. So, uh, yeah, going to take a pass on that. That one, but um, um, yeah, unbelievable Masters anyways, week but again. I want to ask you guys your favorites at Southern Hills because before you know the year started, we did the preview show where we made a bunch of you know way too early picks, right? And I had Morikawa at Southern Hills looking pretty decent. I might actually stick with that one. I yesterday before the round, I was kind of saying you know he hasn't had the best form ever, but he showed me something yesterday as well. Uh, leading into Southern Hills. Boys, who do you like? But I, I, it's going to be hard to go against Scotty Scheffler at Southern Hills. I've got three. Taylor, you want to give yours first? I've got three, and I'm not sure how I want to rank them. Yeah, I, I, at the, like Sam was alluding to, the two early picks, I had Morikawa and Hovland. I'm going to stick with them. Yeah. I, I think that from what I've seen, I haven't seen anything in either one of their forms to make me say I'm not going to go with it. You haven't seen it. anything in Hovland's form not to go I, with them? I'm going mean, fa- to fade Hovland at majors until he top tens. I, I mean, I guess that would be the thing. I mean, so what is? I mean, because whenever I look so at so what is chipping? He's the worst chipper on the PGA Tour. Did, did You're you going to win a major as the worst chipper on the PGA Tour. Did y'all see the chippy hit on number four on yes. Saturday? And Friday, he said, I suck at chipping. He, I mean, it was a forty yard pitch and he hit it ten feet, carried it ten feet. I'll, I'll I say, love Hovland more than I. I literally oh, I love Hovland. I do too. He's one well, of my favorites. I, I can't pick him at a major until he shows me that he can get the ball up and down. Yeah. I'll say this. I think that Southern Hills is one of those courses where a lot of times it's not necessarily about how good you are at your chipping. It's where you leave it, right? And right. so I think that that is one of the reasons why I like the iron, the iron players. He, he could ball Fair strike enough. his way into no, contention. he definitely could. He, he absolutely could. Because around there, it's, you know, we talked about this last year, the senior PGA. 
you can be middle of the green on some holes, and that's not where you want to be, like because yeah. of the way the green slopes. So I think you have to have ultimate ball control out there. I will say this: yeah, yes, the chipping is a little bit worrisome, but I and uh, like I said, I not even do I need to see Hovland play good in a major. I need to see him win the United States first. Yep. But but you know, yeah. I, I I would say I pick Morikawa to win. I'm just saying I think Hovland. I'd be honestly pretty shocked if I, if he doesn't finish top 10 at Southern, I will be pretty surprised. Okay, so Morikawa's doomed because I love Morikawa as well. I mean, everybody I think is going to be on Morikawa at yep. Southern, especially after the round that he had yesterday. Uh, the other two I like, I like Scotty Scheffler, naturally, favorite course on a ridiculous heater. I kind of like Justin Thomas, too, at Southern Hills. He did not play very well this week, guys. He didn't he was, putt very well. He, he was bad on Thursday, and I think he was bad yesterday. His driver well, was really bad yesterday. was The first three rounds, he didn't make a damn thing. You know, he was hitting Friday, his irons Friday, really, Friday he really made well. a few, but he hit it better. Saturday, he gained like three shots, strokes gained approach, yeah. and putted terrible. And then it was kind of the opposite on, on in the final round. You know, he finally made, on Saturday, made the birdies on 16 and 17, right? And and But the whole deal with JT is... I, I, I just think he's been I, threatening he's and threatening. enough to me. I know, but he's been threatening. He threatened at the players, he you know, know, with the good round of the win. But is he threatening? Or is he he just threatened at the Masters. This one was a little bit of a backdoor. The players, I think he had a chance to win the players through a couple of days, and then it just didn't work out. But I feel like he's close, and Southern could maybe fit him. I, I think that he's even alluded to it, right? He said that he's not happy with his record in major championships. So it's even in his head. You know, he's mentioning it and yeah. talking about it. Yeah. So I, I think that that's going to be a hindrance. But it's good. The floodgates are going to open on that. JT's not going to end his career with one major. I don't think so, so either. So it's where's it going to happen at? I, I don't think it's a Southern, but it very well could be. Also, I, we all reserve the right to change our minds yeah, if, if the wind blows 35 that week. Well, we <laughs> have the right to change our mind up until they tee it up on Thursday exactly. of the PGA. Exactly. And, also, and we I'm, could go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm not convinced Brooks won't play well because Brooks, yeah. aside from 19, has struggled at Augusta and he's been a major killer everywhere else. I was just about to bring up. Brooks, because I, I like Scotty, I like Morikawa, but right now, if I had to go right now, if the PGA was next week, I would pick Gooch over Brooks Kepka because Gooch, you know, playing at home, there's a comfort level there, finished tied for 14th, consistent, consistent, consistent. Gooch is playing great golf right now, and I was loving the form from Brooks Kepka heading into Augusta, and it was shocking. That was the disappointment of the week to me. By the way, I was between JT and Rory and JT and Brooks for my one and done. I had Brooks in, and for some reason, like Wednesday night, I was like, I like Rory this week, and I switched from Brooks to Rory. <laughs> the last-minute changes great, great usually, preparation usually don't work very well, but it did in this case. I know. He shoots, he scores, right? And I'll say this about, about Southern. As much as I don't want to see this, we're talking about Oklahoma weather in May, guys. I mean, there could very easily be a, you know, you get a good luck of the draw tee time, and it could end up being a different. I don't think it'll be anywhere as close to what the Players' Championship was. Yeah. But at the same time, your tee time could end up deciding who ends up wins the championship, as much as I don't want I can't to can't believe we didn't mention John Rahm, but I can believe it with how he's putting. Dude, he's slumping bad right now. Yeah. He's just – and again, he looks confused on the greens. I mean, he's missing 15-footers by seriously six inches, and yeah. and he's, like, looking at his caddy. He's talking to the sky. He's dropping his putter. He's so – he's like, how did I just miss that 15-footer by multiple couplings? It's, yeah. He's so confused on the greens. And, and, you know, looking at the analytics, too, he's not – he's having his worst chipping year on year two, and so – you know, one of the reasons why I mentioned Hovland, right, because he's having his worst chipping year and he's the worst chipper on tour, but yet he's always been a bad chipper, right? And it's like you look at Rom, he's he's gained over a, a quarter of a stroke every year around the greens and putting, and this year he's somehow gaining .01 on the greens. I don't know how the hell that's possible, but he's losing strokes that's around like zeros. the... zeros. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but it's still, that's a neutral tour putter, which is 
if you're neutral putter on tour with how well he drives it, he's going to contend in tournaments. I, but I think some of that has to do with early season stuff. He was good at Kapalua. He was good yeah. in, in California at times. I think really over the last six weeks is whenever you've seen John Robb kind of fall off Well, you look at he, he this week somehow, by the grace of God, I think it's probably from the last round, he gained point four two on the greens, but the, the four tournaments before that, Lost over, besides one of them, lost more than half a stroke putting. So, yeah. and, and Southern Hills is not one of the course. They're not as severe slopes as Augusta National, but the the breaks are so steady there, right? Yeah. It's, you, you're going to have to be able to hit four footers outside the hole, especially if the wind blows. I got one last thing, and then let's get out of here. Percentage chance Tiger Woods plays at Southern Hills? 98. 98. Wow. Whoa. That's, uh, no way. maybe I'm reading right too now. much into how dejected he was with his body yesterday. I, I think, uh, I'll go 51. I, I think he's more likely to play than not, but I think just barely. I was going I, I was going 50-50 regardless, and I just happened to be the lowest. Yeah. So well, I, I mean, went from being so bullish on Tiger to play at Augusta to right now, I just hate what he said yesterday. Well, it's just like I, like I asked earlier. It's what would have to happen for him to not play? Yeah, and, and maybe he just doesn't want the expectation. I, and that has a lot to do because... Yeah, but why would he... The thing that gets me is why would he say, yeah, I'm going to play at St. Andrews and not play it there it's still 50 50 on southern hills that's a long time period to get your body back right well yeah. I, I think the question here is does he have a better chance to play southern or the u.s open southern uh, i mean u.s well, opens further away i really don't know what, what, are you talking so about hard. course or are you talking about physically no uh, i'm talking about his chances of playing the tournament oh playing the tournament probably I don't know. I would almost say it, Southern. He's he's familiar with it. He's won there before because it's, it's going to be, be the same situation. So it, is he is he going to want to play the Masters off off six weeks and, and then go to the PGA and then potentially not play the U.S. Open to to rest for St Andrews or is he going to skip the PGA to get ready for the U.S. Open and then St Andrews is going to lead into that because it's one of the conundrums we have with all the majors being so close to win at Southern than he does at the U.S. Open. And see, I would think that, but Brooklyn sets up pretty well. It's yeah, not that I don't know. long. The, the, what, the, with the amount of fairways he hit this week, because he's going to have to start playing a little bit more of an old man game. He still has some of the speed, but a lot of those times he was just playing that little hill cut right. out in the he fairway. Has enough speed. At one point, he went through a stretch where he hit like thirteen or fifteen fairways uh, yeah. over the weekend, and maybe maybe he can plot his way around a U.S. Open layout. One thing that Tiger's going to have to figure out is the distance control. Yeah. Because it wasn't great. No, well, it wasn't. a lot of that, I, in I my know opinion. We, we talked about the putting. The putting was glaring, obvious. But in the first two rounds, even when he was in contention, there was some rust. The reason why he wasn't under par for the tournament after two rounds was because of his distance. Control. Well, and I think a lot of that had to do with the wind picking up because. Your, your numbers, like if you have a track man, your numbers whenever you are hitting balls on the range or even just playing are going to be different than when you play in a tournament round. Generally, from my experience, ball spins a little bit more for me yeah. on, on the driver and the, the irons. And I think we always talk about Tiger playing a spinnier ball. Thursday was a good example because every single time he was below the hole, essentially. The only times he wasn't were on 14 and 17. But every other time he was below the hole, left it good, but it was still short, right? And I yes. think a lot of that had to do with Ball spinning more than he thought it would coming up short. We saw it particularly on like seven on, was it Friday or Saturday, whenever he hit the miraculous flop shot. That was on Saturday. Saturday. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's prime example. He came out 30 yards short. <laughs> I, I do want to say, I just said that the reason why he wasn't under par, I was talking about, you know, him being 
under par in contention, not, yeah, yeah, not yeah. just one under par. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. he was one under par after 36 holes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, I want to remind everybody to go see our good friends at Ring Family Dentistry. Ring Family Dentistry, they go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. Leading-edge technology delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. You want it, they've got it. Implants, clear aligner, orthodontics, they do it all. And all decisions are made by the patient. Their philosophy is don't over-treat. Patients in their office should only have done what they absolutely need. If they can't show why treatment is needed, they will not prescribe it. They explain their opinion, answer any questions, and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. Ring Family Dentistry. Check them out here in Oklahoma City. Uh, Boys, what a week. Masters, fatherhood. (laughs) Masters, fatherhood. I'm tired. Same. I know you're tired. Same. You, you I, obviously, I'm on a lower level than you. Tired, <laughs> but it was a lot of work. Last you did week. a lot of work. You did a lot of work. So did T Dub. Y'all both T-Dub did. Killed it. Y'all both uh, it's, did. It's, it's it's the best week all year. I mean, it's so unbelievable. We, we might as well, you know, have have a little bit of fun while we're doing it. But like you said, Sam, it's you go 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 so much. Once you get finally done, it's like Colby. He's running off the adrenaline, right? <laughs> exactly. From masters and the caffeine. That's I feel like is. we were doing that this last week. So Colby, even, by the way, more so. Colby, by the way, how's the uh, Golf Channel gig? Your first major. Uh, it was great. It was great getting to uh, check that out. Wrote up a little piece about Cam Smith on 12 yesterday, kind of comparing it to, to 17 at yep. Sawgrass when he goes from being the hero to being the guy at the bottom of the creek and right. all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was an awesome week. Y'all are the real MVPs, putting the show on your back. Hump man from Augusta National. You going to be back with us on well. Sunday for the radio show? Uh, good question. Good, really good question okay. that I don't have the answer to. What's the percentage chance? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the better chance? Colby at the radio show or Tiger at Southern? 50-50, coin flip. That's, 51%. Uh, got Prairie Dunes Friday and Saturday. I know I am working Sunday with Golf Channel, so I'll see what my All schedule right. looks like. And, uh, I forgot, see, yeah, Prairie. See how things are going with baby. We'll talk about that you know, on our We'll talk about that on the preview, preview show, show. Yeah, on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, but uh, honestly, first week fatherhood, awesome. Baby's a good sleeper. We, uh, we have to wake her up to feed her in the night. She's fed. She's changed. She's happy. Nice. So yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. Loving every second of it, and glad to be back though. Glad to be back. Good golf to talk about. RBC should be fun this week. Oh uh, yeah, it will be. You know, I mean, what, Colby? What's if you could say one thing that you're like, man, I cannot tell someone this. You just have to experience it. I mean, w- w- what is that moment? It's so cliche to to just say you don't know what it feels like until it happens. For me, it was in the delivery room. You know, uh, baby pops out. They put baby up on mom's chest. White baby, baby off popped and, out of the wife, not Colby. Correct. Want to yes. Make sure that's and, clear here. And by the way, oh, I just want to say, after watching my wife go through a pregnancy and give birth, women are superheroes. They are not the same species as us. I don't know how they do it. Absolute superheroes. Were, were you in there? Uh, I was in there. I was like standing up by the head of the bed. You, so I was probably in the corner just chilling. Uh, no, I was very. I was all day. I was like antsy and pacing and like. <laughs> he was refreshing Twitter. See if Tiger had committed. You know, I mean, we, we got to the hospital. <laughs> Don't get him in trouble. We got to the hospital like a. Well, well, she Masters. was there. She probably knows. Oh, wait, what no, happened. this was before the Masters. This was uh, this was Saturday of the Anwas. Whenever yep. we went in, we got to the hospital at eleven a.m. Saturday. Did you watch any of it? Baby wasn't born until three thirty-six a.m. Sunday. Uh, yes, I did watch the final. A few holes of Anwa. I watched the Duke Carolina game Saturday <laughs> night. So uh, yeah, Beautiful. it was awesome. But really, the moment for me, you know, it was really cool. Baby's born and mom's holding her and stuff. But after she got weighed and stuff, and then the first time I held her, it was partially a lack of sleep, partially being emotional. I just lost it. I just started crying the first time I held her. It was yeah, it was just emotional. It was a, awesome. It's just a once in a lifetime moment. So um, yeah, highly recommend it to everybody. Make sure. Make sure you have a good partner. Whole new respect for single parents because yep. doing this alone would be 
Whew, oh man, that'd yeah. be a different ball game. Yeah. So yeah, but been a great first week. Also, this this is a side note here, but I just want to point it out. Is it not great the age that we live in to where, like Colby just mentioned, like he held his baby and he balls his eyes out. Scotty Scheffler talks about how he cried before the Sunday morning. I mean, could we have done that 20 years ago without just getting absolutely ripped? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like a good it's, point. Yep. it's good that we live in an age where especially, especially men can be more open with the emotions that they're dealing with. Just it be seems yourself. Like, seems like that was something that went kind of, un, you know, everyone had to be a macho man, you know, oh, I'm not feeling anything, I'm tough. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, no, that's not how the world works. Yep. Yeah, having a baby girl, that uh, that's going to soften me up quite a bit. I can already tell. <laughs> I, I've cried more in the last week than I probably have in the last five years. So uh, At yeah, least they're happy but, tears. Oh, all of them. It's yes. good to be back. Boys. All of them. It's good to be back. So, so good to be back. Uh, by the way, almost forgot we had our big uh, giveaway over the weekend, giving away a signed pair of Masters-themed squares, golf shoes. Shout out to Bob Winskowitz, the CEO of Squares Golf Shoes, been a big supporter of the pod. We love the stuff that they're doing. They sent us some shoes. They're absolutely awesome. And now we're giving away signed Nick Faldo, six-time major champion, Squares Masters-themed golf shoes. You had to retweet. You had to be following on Twitter and Instagram. So what we did, we put everybody in a list. We did a random number generator, and the winner is Norm Divine at Norm Divine on Twitter. Congratulations. We'll be reaching out to you on Twitter uh, to get your information and make sure that we get that prize headed your way. Nick Faldo signed Masters themed golf shoes. Coming your way, Norm Divine. Big congratulations. Uh, so glad to be back. Like I said, unbelievable Masters as always. Boys, great job holding it down. Big thanks. Uh, like I said, Huntman, Jim Woodward, Al Eshbeck, everybody. Unbelievable week. Masters week and uh, rolling along into the RBC Heritage. Everybody, thanks for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.